You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. What's up and welcome everyone to Okada's Shorts. That's right. We've been through a marathon run of episodes. In fact, we've done more episodes in our G-Wandering series than we'd just done in regular podcasts before we had even begun. But now we've come to the end. It's time to talk about the finals. It's time to talk about the semifinals. And it's time to talk about who won the G-Wandering. And I've got to tell you, man, it feels good to bring it home. It feels good that the title is going to be in this house. And I did the one thing that any real man does. He sends his wife to win it for him and fucking takes the title. <laughs> running out the side. Nobody saw it coming. My Queen Charmel. I'm King Booker. Fuck you guys. <laughs> so there we go. It's done. Title revealed. So before I further ado, before I get too... Fucking hyped like I am. I want to introduce first my good friend, the one and only Curtis Spears, Job Squad City. How you going, my man? <laughs> hey, man. You know, I may be the low man on the totem pole here, but at least I uh, I made the game, you know. Uh, it's my you first time. You did? Everybody, you everybody did. fails their first time. Yeah, exactly. You know, Hanare only got one win. Yeah, you know, exactly. it happens. Yeah, it, happens. it was still a dominant Next year, I showing. Tanahashi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to be great. And you were true to yourself. Well, you know what I mean? You, did, you didn't. You didn't sell out. You. Did. I went heel in this one, <laughs> <laughs> and put and pulled in assistance. Whereas uh, you did it by yourself, and you used your fighting spirit, and I respect that. I use my heart. Yeah, I use my exactly. heart exactly. Okay. And, and you know what? I respect so, yeah. it. Speaking of hearts, and somebody I know that doesn't have one. We have a very special guest today. He's the first ever longest reigning and recently dethroned G-Wandering champion. It is the man known as Travis Della Costa. If you're a long-term Faces and Feels fan, you would know him from back in the day and his victory in the G-Wandering contest. How are you today, Travis? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> coming in, coming in with fire. <laughs> If uh if you've brought in outside assistance, does that mean Amy is a dick to go? <laughs> Basically, yeah, I would say so. I no, 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 you're dick to go. Oh yeah, yeah I'm dick to go. She's evil. She's actually the person winning the matches. I just fucking I did the <laughs> the the, uh, the nut punch and a fucking a, a garrote on somebody, and and she's the winner. That's what it is. I feel like oh. I got nut punched and garroted after seeing uh, how how low I fell. You know, I I was oh, man, I was neck and neck with you for like 
the entire thing just to end up at the fucking bottom. It's brutal. Like when you actually look at the numbers, there was a a run there where like I was ahead and then Amy won 11 straight. Picked 11 straight matches, just like... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it was like, yo, there's no stopping it. And that it, big night of eight was... Yeah. Uh, that was the... Yeah, it was yeah. all over after that. Exactly. And I think she nearly got all of those too. And then uh, then honourable mention to Momo as well, who made our great spreadsheet, but also finished second. Both of them don't actively watch wrestling. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, we are wrestling podcasters. Travis is actively always watching, you know, AEW and things like that. The girls just watch New Japan with me when I make them and uh, they beat us quite handily. So congratulations to them and congratulations to Amy G. Wandering Champion. She would not come on this podcast. Obviously, I tried to make it. Obviously, the more you watch New Japan the worse your chances of winning are. Because when I won, I didn't know shit. And I thought, I was like, oh, who's this Hiroki Goto guy? Yeah, I'll put a bunch of points into him. We'll see what happens. God, don't even now I know more. <laughs> Look how far I've fallen. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. It's about... Ghetto fucking on me. I think, like, I definitely overthought some of it. Like, and you see it at the end because I was doing it all. And then at the end, you're trying to tell stories. You're like, well, at this point... This person won't have the pin won't have picked up many wins, so he's going to have to get an upset over Shingo. No, bitch, he's already beaten most people in the block, and now he needs to come crashing down. And I was like, God damn! <laughs> yeah, it's like the exact opposite of what yeah. you were thinking was going to happen. Like, my goodness, the the idea of that D block just absolutely kicking all of us in the dick over and over I and know, over again. It and, was brutal. And the and the worst part is we didn't even get Operation Seven Way Chaos. No, like mm. I wanted that seven way match so bad. Yeah. That would have been that would have been hot. Well, let's put this this show back on the rails because I've immediately derailed it the second it's done. Tell the people who we are, Curtis, and let's uh, let's start talking about the actual G one. Yeah, buddy. Well, I'm your good friend Curtis Spears. That right there, that's your bad friend Rafe Houston. This is this is the new friend uh, and worst friend. <laughs> I wouldn't say worst friend. I mean, I mean what, well, I t- tell me, tell me this: if you want to say worst friend, Curtis, what was the first thing that Travis said to you in the message group he when he woke up? Threatened to punch my pug. He did. So. He threatened to buy a plane ticket and fly to Britain to punch your pug. It's the first message he ever wrote to you. So That's I could say thing. worst. The first friend thing is- I ever, the first thing I ever said to him was, "Hey, I heard you lost G Wandering Sucker." So I mean. <laughs> You guys are off to a flying start. Yeah. yeah, we, I mean, he, he says that he woke up and chose violence. I think it's like I kind of woke him up and chose it for him. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll forgive it. It's okay. Right. But, uh, yeah, so we are uh, collectively known as the International Wrestling Grand Prix, the Kings of Pod style, the Okada Shorts podcast, what it do. What it do. I'm excited for this one, man. Despite, I, I mean, I don't think I was, like, in love with the – um, layout of G1 this year, but I definitely nope. really enjoyed the tournament. And it's funny because G1 is known for, you know, these big, you know, five-star, six-star matches and stuff. I'm not even sure there were that many of those in this tournament, but I feel like the whole tournament as a, an entity was really fun. You know, like there was always things going on and and, and I, I just really enjoyed it. 
I'm pretty sure there were quite a bit. When you think of how long the G1 was and how many of the five-star matches they actually had, like, or what would be considered five-star matches they had, like, spread out throughout the contest, I'm pretty sure there were there were a lot. We can go through and, like, talk about our favorites from the show, uh, our favorites from the entire tournament, and, and you'll see how many of those, like, you'll go, oh, shit, yeah, that was fucking good, wasn't it? Yeah. It might, like, it might just, again, we be think a all the, the layout. Yeah. If we think all the way back to the first night, uh-huh. you know, Will Ospreay and ELP. Yeah. That shit was fucking good. And it feels like that was a fucking hundred years ago, man. It does. And, and and again, I think it comes back to that layout thing, right? When it's AB, AB, you know, you can kind of track it in your mind. But because this one was so chaotic with the the nights constantly changing and alternating and stuff, I don't even really know who was in what block. You know what I mean? Like I do from the sheet, but it's kind of hard to track their progress in my mind, like in, in that way. So, well, yeah, like Tom Lawler almost, uh, I think it was almost two weeks before he had his first match. Like, yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's yeah. It was a weird Fucking choice. Wild. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, I wonder what they'll do next year, whether they'll um, keep this or whether it'll just slide back into like the original format. I'm, I'm, I like the idea of them messing with it a little bit. I like the idea of them trying new things. Uh, this, unfortunately, I think was, I don't want to say a failure. I don't think it was good. I, I Like you said, it was hard to keep track of who was leading the blocks and things like that. Uh, oh, well, this guy, you know, this guy's got th- six points, but that guy's also got six points, but this guy's had four matches where that guy's only had three. You know, like, I don't fucking need that, man. This shit comes on at 9 a.m. I get off work at 7 a.m. I come home 8.30 in the fucking morning. I'm eating a bowl of fucking oatmeal, sitting down, trying not to fall asleep. And I'm like, well, how many fucking matches has Jonah had? Yeah. I don't need that shit, man. Put the put the dude on the TV. Let him fucking smush somebody. And, and let me fucking go to sleep happy because I win the G1 during next year. Yes. That's what I want. <laughs> That's what we're going to hope uh, for. How did question, you find it, Travis? Yeah, I had to. I, to be honest, I enjoyed it because again, last year or not, it wasn't last year. It was two years ago. Man, yeah. COVID. Um, but I remember B Block not giving a shit about anything happening on B Block last time, and I don't remember who was in there. I think it was. Um, it was Tanahashi, Naito, okay, yeah, and yeah, Taichi. I think was in there, maybe. Um, no, he would have. He must have been A block because he and Coda had that kicking battle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was so good. Um, but I, I remember like there's entire nights where I was like, I don't give a shit about anyone on this card because the only people I know are Kota Ibushi, Okada, and oh, there was one other person. Hiroki pretty... Goto, I think, was in in somewhere, and <laughs> I only knew of him because on that of motherfucker. But no, I, I didn't mind this one. Like, it, it didn't bother me too much. Like, I wasn't watching it religiously like you guys had to, to do your podcast. Um, so it didn't bother me too much. We didn't uh, We didn't have to. We chose to. We we chose this life. We took this burden upon ourselves and drug it to the mountaintop. Yeah. That shit, we, you know, we did that to ourselves. It's true. Well, the fact that I not only did it to myself again, but the fact that I did it to a friend... Is is the the real the real harsh part about maybe the G wandering concept? Maybe you're the worst friend, yeah. yeah maybe I am the worst friend in hindsight. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, that's a valid point what Trav, I was because ask. it did keep it fresh. Like every night, sort of hmm. would have something cool on it. You didn't have those really dry yeah. nights. Like yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. 
there, what I was going to say, and again, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I know New Japan don't really give a shit too much about having to protect certain people in the blocks. Like people are there just to, someone's going to lose. Yeah. Does having it in this format where there are less matches going on, does it give them more of an opportunity to put more people in and help them coming out a little bit stronger as opposed to just an A and a B block where it ends up being a lot more losses? Yeah, I, w- I would say so because you, you can kind of look at most guys' tournament and I don't think anybody came out as like the loser of G1 this year because even somebody that didn't take many wins, like Hanare only got one win, but you can't look at his performance in that tournament and say that he's the loser of G1. You know what I mean? He, right. he was in a monster Absolutely block. Not. And he put on like a monster performance, like and like I feel like it was a coming out and he party for him, and he only had like one win, you know. Um, whereas in previous ones, you've definitely had like by the end of it, you're like, well, Yujiro's a loser, Jace Owens is a loser, you know. It, this did give everybody mm. sort of an opportunity to shine, and it also gave the opportunity to have four winners, you know, four block winners was cool. Like Tama Tonga's not winning a block in any other scenario than than a four-block mm. scenario, you know? That's true. I think the thing about that is I don't mind the four-block system. I would like a little bit more... Mm, I'd, like a, I'd like it scheduled out a little bit more so we can have it a little bit more consistent. Yeah. Do you, know do, what do I mean? you think they needed... Two blocks per night would be fine. Yeah. Do you think they needed, like, a few more wrestlers so it could get to the point where you have each night just has four matches from each block. You know what I mean? Whatever that math works out to, whether it's an extra four guys per block or whatever, I'm not smart enough to know what that would be. But you know what I mean? Where it's like you've still got A night, B night, C night, D night. Each has four matches on it, exactly the same as it has, but it's like block by block. That'd be 36. That'd be fucking... I'm sorry, 32. That'd be fucking fantastic because then you could have eight, eight people per block Yes. Four blocks. So you'd have, yeah, you'd have uh, four undercard tag matches from A, B, or C. Yeah. And then D Knight would have all four of the D block matches. That'd there you go. Great. So so they just need four more wrestlers, basically. Four more wrestlers, yeah. and that maths works. Yeah. Let's go ahead and start fantasy booking for next year. Who do we... <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it too early to start? Yeah. Brian Danielson's taking the whole thing. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'd give If it, New I'd Japan give can cheer by then. I'm sure. I'm I mean, sure they've been cheering as it is. They're cheering for Jonah yeah, every I'm sure time. Next he gets year, up they'll at least announce that they're starting to ease ease the uh, the restrictions. You know. Um, yeah. Apparently, the 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 next tour that they're doing, there's two dates at Kirken Hall where they're allowed to cheer. Yeah, so they're going to have smaller smaller crowds so that some of the crowd can cheer. That's awesome. They'll, they'll, they'll be popping off. That's going to be really cool. That's that's going to be that's not starting until the second of September. So like, what are we going to talk about in the next episode? <laughs> We're going to have a break, I reckon. <laughs> hey, re- real quick about about the you know cheer crowds or lack of cheer crowds. It, it has it can be hard in New Japan with you know clap crowds and all that kind of stuff. Do you think though that that has led to this G wandering G1. <laughs> New Japan don't own that. That was mine. <laughs> we own that. Um, but do you think that has led to some of the very special moments 
being even more powerful when the crowd has started to cheer and you know they're not supposed to. So let's talk about Okada versus Jonah. When that crowd starts to roar, when he hits that power bomb, Black Forest bomb, starts to climb that turnbuckle and the crowd audibly starts to roar when they're not supposed to, is that moment yeah. more Especially powerful like the, because they're, they're not allowed to? You know what I mean? Because it felt like... the Japanese crowd is... Like, they seem to actually respect the rules over there. Like, yeah. in America, um, I wouldn't imagine you could even have a no-cheering rule in the first place. No. Nope. But, yeah, when Japan, it's so quiet. And then, I mean, you have quiet enough to have fucking juice listening to commentary and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> responding. <exactly. laughs> um, but, yeah, then you kind of start hearing... Uh, like, um, when... Osprey went to do the V trigger and the crowd realized what he was doing. Yeah. And just, and like it it grows and you go, oh shit. Like, yeah. It's because they're, they're, they're they're taken by it. Like, they're not making that choice. They're actually in that moment, like, really, like, oh shit. Like, it's just coming out of them, even though they're not supposed to. They respect the rules and they know they're not supposed to be doing it. And yet something so insane happens that it makes the Japanese crowd break the rules. Yeah. Yeah, shit. like that's that's the thing. Like you know, you've got him. You've got him in the palm of your fucking hands yeah. at that point. You know, Jonah. Jonah knows. He knows the second he starts climbing the fucking turnbuckle, that the crowd is living for whatever he's gonna do. You know, yeah, they they're conditioned. Yeah. yeah, and they chanted out the three count as well, didn't they? I think they might have. That one. I think they might have. Yeah, exactly. And and that's huge yeah, as well. Yeah. Or like when Jay White won the title and he's like yelling at them to to cheer for him or whatever and, and they started to they started to like yell back at him and stuff like that like he's like literally yeah, yeah. break the rules <laughs> they're doing it kind of thing which is pretty crazy so great it's so, so great do do either of you guys let's let's talk about the g1 like as Please. a whole give me your MVP of the G1, Rafe. Give tell me who you think you could not wait to see every single night that they wrestled. Who had the best matches? Who had the most impressive showing? Like your MVP, the the person that you fucking want to say the G1 hung on this motherfucker. That's such a big call because I mean it's it's block by block, right? Like, um. There was actually there was actually a lot of uh, unexpected people like that. Narrowing it down is really really hard. Well, um, let's go. Let's go to the best block. What was the best block? You would have to say. I mean, the D block chaos became really really interesting, and mm-hmm. the the work rate out of that and the surprises out of that one. You know kept you very interested um but then i was also glued to a block as well because i was just very invested in hanare you know what i mean i wanted to see him do well he's somebody that i know yeah yeah um oh yeah sorry hanare was c block -block. yeah yeah exactly so i was very um interested in what he was doing just like from a performance and watching him you know come out of his shell and finally show what he could do kept me very interested as well so so those two were probably the two I was looking at. But, I mean, you can't say that you weren't, like, you know, keeping an eye, peeking on what Jonah was going to do and, you know, and things like that. I find it very yeah, hard to narrow like, it down. Yeah, it's, it's, it is tough because there are so many talent. When you have a, a field that wide, mm-hmm. 
it's hard not to go, oh, this guy, but oh man, but this guy, yeah. oh shit, this this guy. Yeah. You know. Do you do you have an MVP, Travis? Um I thought about this long and hard the last I, I watched a lot of G one yesterday because I hadn't been keeping up and I was thinking about who my best who my favorite was. Tell me, and, tell me uh, this. Tell I'm me this. Did say... you did you watch a show and then listen to the G Wondering that we put out afterwards and then watch the next show and then listen to the G Wondering? Did you do it in that sort of order? No. no of course no. not. Why would, Why would you? Why would you? welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Of course not. I listened to G1, uh, G Wandering, and that's how I knew what was going on. Now, I did watch matches here and there, but there were certain things like Yujiro versus Yoshihashi. Actually, no, I did watch that one for some fucking reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there were certain things where I was like, I don't give a shit about this. I'm going to skip this match. No, my MVT, MVP would be whoever was facing Tanahashi that night. And I was like, yeah, just... Beat that, beat that little bitch Tanahashi <laughs> down, so Rafe cries. I thought you were meaning because Tanahashi makes everybody he's in the ring with look like a fucking star, and you're absolutely correct. <laughs> he does, because he can't move properly because of his joints. What are you talking about? The man... Fucking... I will get in this car, and I will drive out to whatever fucking number you are in the <laughs> 60 suburbs out this way and slap the taste out of him out. High fly flow you from the, the fucking front of your house. Um, next next minute, your knees are as bad as Tanahashi's. <laughs> not anymore. I'm injected no, with those um, steroids in my shoulder now, boy. I'm swinging. Yeah, you climb up one hand at a time, just hop, hop, hop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's gonna larry at me. Um, God, this is off to the be honest. <laughs> as as someone who yeah, look, as someone who didn't come in watching a lot of uh, like I don't watch New Japan regularly. I I asked Rafe halfway through the G1 how does new japan actually work in terms of content like it's it's not a weekly show obviously so how does it go mm-hmm. um oh, the person who i actually enjoyed the most uh el fantasma i think that's a that's a good that's a great show. answer and man el fantasma i don't know that i would fantastic uh fantastic tournament yeah i don't know that i'd say he, like obviously i don't know if he had the best matches like he's obviously a couple of still a few gears behind some of the other guys at points. Um, but like, I just enjoyed him as a character, him putting juice's head through the table was glorious. Um, it was really good. Yeah. The, the, the stress and things like that in his face when he was trying, when he just saw, Oh fuck, I just got, I got DQ'd against fucking juice. What a shit bag. Mm-hmm. And like, you could just see the, the, the anger and the frustration. He was great that night. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd I'd probably go with more of a pick like that. Like there was, I enjoyed I enjoyed a lot of the matches, but there was just uh I don't know some of the stories didn't catch me quite as much. Again, I guess because I wasn't watching day to day, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of watching a lot of it in retrospect and picking and choosing matches that look interesting on paper, and then stuff that you guys had mentioned is funny as well, like Lola versus Yano. Oh. So. Lawler versus Yano was so fucking. I, like, I loved it. Was it Lance on commentary for that one? And he's just sitting there, and he's like, he's like, he pulls out Sister Act one, and he goes, "I mean, you, you, I mean, it's it's cool, but I mean, it's it's you gotta have the set, otherwise it's worth nothing." <laughs> as Ruth as like, pulls out two, and he's, he's got two. I can't remember who it was, but I remember somebody on commentary saying that and and like laughing about it. 
Um, let's take I a second. Yeah. Let's take a second to just talk about how awesome the commentary was for for the G one. Not not just Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton, who always knock it out of the park, but oh my god, the fucking wrestlers showed out this they year. They did. That was so good. <laughs> Archer was great. Yeah. fucking mm. um one of my favorite moments on commentary the entire tournament fucking chase owen stands up talking shit and bad dude tito calls him a fucking nerd <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice shirt nerd <laughs> nice shirt nerd was that when oh, he was wearing that uh, that fucking the US under, undertaker nine line shit shirt is that no, what it was it was it was just like a, a affliction american shirt or something like that shirt. with an american flag on it all oh, right okay yeah. it was it was some straight up divorce dad energy <laughs> fucking shirt man he got that divorce dad bod yeah he does have a divorce dad you know what though he's fucking got a better body than i do so i ain't even gonna talk shit he's got about the same hairline i do though so it's okay i got more hair and a better body so yeah, he can get fucked. yeah i was gonna say <laughs> now that i've lost some weight i think i might have a better body to <laughs> I still don't know that I could move at a wrestling ring like he does, but yeah, yeah, exactly. He was better. I, I thought he was better this tournament, actually, like compared to, he was, to previous years. I thought he was quite good. He was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, his his matches with uh, his match with Great Khan was a, was a, a ton of fun. Uh, out healing the United Empire, that was great. His match with Sonata, I would also say, was really good. The way that he was able to uh, knock Sonata off balance by like bringing him up against the ropes uh, in different and amusing ways was really cool. Uh, I mean, he's, he's really good in the ring. I just, I, I don't like looking at him. Something about him. I don't like his face. Smug aura. It bothers me. <laughs> On a personal of, uh, level. Yeah. Reminds you of things that you don't want to know about people. Yeah. Um, two questions. What the fuck is wrong with Sonata's hair and beard? And two, <laughs> Are United Empire actually a heel faction at this point, or are they tweener almost getting to face? Uh, they're almost face. They're almost face at this point. Between Great Ocon being an actual literal fucking vigilante, yeah, and like <laughs> Will Ospreay being the most sympathetic baby face in the fucking world right now, yeah, they're they're about to be they're about to be a fucking face faction real soon. Yeah, man. even Hanare, like even he, like with his fighting spirit and stuff throughout his block and stuff like that, the crowd were behind him and like people want to and like cheer it's, them. It's wild when you, when you look at Hanare's like his Twitter and, and uh, his Instagram and stuff like that. And he, the dude just wants to be like a motivational speaker and like some of it's a little bit toxic masculinity, but that's his whole fucking, that's his whole shebang. And uh, yeah, like he's, he's very easy, easy to get behind him because he's like, he's like, I can help you to do fucking better, man. We can go out. We can fucking achieve. Let's fucking go. And it's just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, let's fucking go, man. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've read some of, some of Hanare's stuff and things like that. I think his Primal Bro stuff, without uh, going too much into it, it's sort of like anti-toxic masculinity, but through masculinity. You know what I mean? Like he's he's trying to he's trying to do something with it and find his own kind of thing because he's like, don't be a fucking fuck boy but you know stand up and be something so i mean he's like writing a book at the moment it's gonna be super like from what i could tell from his interviews he comes across quite intelligent so it'll be interesting to see what he comes out with and he's like shoot cool as fuck like you see the way he dresses like (laughs) exactly 
Look, watching United Empire come out to the ring and looking fresh as fuck, and then you see them uh, like seconding Osprey, and they're just looking like they're ready for a Saturday night out at the pub, dude, <laughs> or a fancy pub. Yeah. How how intimidating is it? Not only do you have to face Will Osprey, but you look outside and there's Great Ocon, fucking legit yeah. shooter, Great Ocon, fucking Jeff Cobb, like Olympic athlete Jeff Cobb, and Hanare who will kick your fucking head off. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a, pretty, how fucking intimidating. Great Ocon. Greater Tant taking time out of his busy schedule of getting being, spanked in Vegas <laughs> restaurants. In between saving. being Batman. Yeah. Like, yeah. He is Batman. He is. Fucking wild. He's ridiculous. The Great O'Wayne. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Great O'Wayne Manor. The the Ocon uh the Ocon signal goes up and it's like just that question mark that he's got on his t shirts and shit. He's got like, he's just got this like sleazy gangster energy. Like when he's in his casual clothes, like he's got like one button done up, you know, like yeah. the entire thing open and stuff like that. He just looks like the coolest motherfucker. Oh, he looks like uh, he looks like the the main villain's primary bodyguard in the John Wick movie. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly what it is. The, when he showed up in that G1 and he, he was wearing that pinstripe suit and shit like that, I was like, oh my God, Osprey's going to do like a Yakuza thing. It's going to be fucking fantastic. And then he was like, oh, also I'm, I'm a fucking vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, what? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. That was, that, was, that was one of the few, I don't know, if, what were we, were we watching at the, at the time, Ray? Because I, I remember when Greater Khan debuted. Yeah. I, th- well, I like, think he, I think he, was he came out to... Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but destroyed anyway. Okada, just mm. fucking wrecked Okada. Yeah. Uh, so, what was the biggest surprise that you guys saw? Like when when you think back on this G one and you're gonna go, "Oh man, remember this? How fucking crazy was that?" Uh, jeez, probably. I mean the the Jonah win was really big i i don't know if it was necessarily a surprise because i knew something would you know need to happen and and i sort of suspected it but it still was it still was a a pretty big surprise that and um and tama beating jay even when that happened i didn't think that was even possible you know i was like oh no jay will go in and then he'll just kind of lose in the final so that was a pretty big upset as well yeah what what about you travis I'm honestly not sure, to be honest. Um, nothing really surprised me that much. Like if you, if I jumped from the moment we did our tips to whatever night something surprising happened, I would have been surprised. But after like a couple of nights, I was like, okay, who knows what the fuck's going on? Like nothing's really that surprising anymore. Maybe just fucking Yujiro Takahashi taking the D block for a couple of nights. <laughs> yeah. That might have been the most surprising thing. Um him, him racking up wins is surprising, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They have a quick scroll. I mean Chase Owens not just being the pin boy. Maybe that was a surprise. I don't know. The um, whole D block situation was a pretty big surprise, really. That was. It yeah, was. I thought uh I thought Shingo would come out of there as the um as the winner. The D-block representative. Uh, yeah. 
I um I, I, I kind of had a feeling as well because of the, with Will holding the U.S. title, you wouldn't think that they'd put him as a a block winner, but yeah. yeah. I also thought Juice was going to be booked a lot stronger. Uh, look, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's any one. Um, I don't know if there's any one thing that surprised me a lot. It surprised. Yeah, I, I guess it did surprise me that uh, Tama ended up actually taking Jay. I thought it was going to happen up front, and then Jay steamrolled everybody. Yeah, yeah. That's and that was really uh, that wasn't surprising. But mm. it was very uh, powerful. Like it was just showing how much faith they have in Jay. Like, yeah, I I wondered for so long. Like Jay's gonna come back. He's gonna be fucking cold as shit. Like nobody's even seen him in a year and a half. You know what's he been? He's hiding around on Impact somewhere. He's fucking off on AEW once in a while. He shows up and in his first match back, he wins the fucking World Heavyweight Belt. He goes almost undefeated in the fucking G1. Like, they are behind Jay. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, like, 100%. that's the boy. 100%. But if you have the greatest hero, Okada, you need to have your greatest villain, Jay White. That he is. To have a worthy adversary, especially in, I guess... I, all right, so may, right, maybe that was my biggest surprise. I didn't think Okada was winning A block. I don't know who I thought was going to win the A block, but I didn't think... Um, I didn't think it would be Okada because I thought he would really? be taking some time off. Oh, Again, this is me. This is me meta booking and thinking, oh, Okada's got a kid. Um, like he's surely got to take some time off. And then I was speaking to Rafe the other night, and I forgot this is for Wrestle Kingdom in like five months, so Okada could win, disappear for a month, and then come back anyway. Exactly. Straight also, up. never underestimate that deadbeat dad energy. Maybe Okada don't like that kid. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> He's got titles well, to win. He's like, go train your body and mind, son, and see me at Wrestle Kingdom when you're fucking 18. Like, <laughs> it's a wrestle, wrestle Kingdom's a double turn. Jay White turns face, Nakata turns heel just because he's a shit dad. <laughs> then he waits and then he reigns as champion until his son is trained and old enough to come take the title from him. Like a samurai vengeance movie. I, I was going to say, or do you have uh, best dad Goto versus worst dad Okada? <laughs> actually, actually, the dad off. Now that we're talking about it, <laughs> yes, Goto. that's that's the move. And then Goto, of oh. course, loses. So, all right, you know. well, but you know, look, yeah, just as an outsider's perspective, I was think I didn't I didn't realize that it was the fiftieth anniversary until we were already in, and I I thought that like at some point, surely they've got to give. They've got to start moving on to someone who isn't Okada, but yeah, Okada's Okada's younger than everyone on this call. I mean, like he's he's <laughs> got, you know he's you're got not you're not wrong. Left. Also, he's like straight up a prodigy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and the, what's crazy no, about sorry, everything no, he's done is like they're like oh cementing his legacy and stuff. It's like bro, he's only just getting started, eh? Like, yeah. he's going to be a glorious run. Uh, not not in the way where they need to start moving away from Okada, like, entirely. But, like, just at some point, do you do they need to kind of move away from him being such a dominant force constantly? Cause, well, well, I mean, they, they I mean, only just did, really, when you think about it. When he, when he 
fell off for a yeah. while and was balloon Okada and long pants Okada and all that. Like pants they Okada. just downcycled him for a time. Money clip Okada. Yeah, exactly. And we were like, bro, Okada sucks right now. Kind of thing. Like, well, I mean, he doesn't. But you're like, can you just do the Rainmaker one time? Does it and then is immediately like the greatest in the world again? Like. They did that shit on purpose. You know what I mean? They're, they know how long a career they've got with him, and he doesn't always need to be that. But right now, in the 50th year and stuff, like, you mm. you just want him to be that. I'm not even mad. Like, uh, there's other companies where I'd be like, oh, this is so predictable and the same stuff. I'm like, let him win it all. Like, I don't I don't care. Like, yeah. I just want to want to see him. I want to see his matches because you're going to get, like, a level of quality that you get from few wrestlers in the world. I guess that's me coming from like the Western viewers perspective of like, I'm I'm not watching new Japan constantly. So I don't really know what the presentation has been a lot. Um, and I guess, yeah, that comes from me watching, expecting a week to week thing where yeah. if you, if AW kept going back to the Kenny mm-hmm. uh, and just never really moving away from that, yeah. That would get old real fucking quick because yeah. you've seen him literally every week. But New Japan, obviously, that's not the case. Exactly. And also, Okada is Okada. Like, yeah, it is a little bit different. If he's matches consistently, then... <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Jesus. But, but the, I mean, like, he's just one we the... didn't name this fucking We didn't name this podcast after fucking Kenny Omega. Yeah, it's not Omega shorts. <laughs> um, but, like, the also, like, their just schedule imagine. and stuff <laughs> will we'll lend to it. That would be a very different world. Um, it, like we're about to go into what World Tag League and stuff is next. I, I doubt Okada will even be on the tours and stuff. Like when you mm. go into that kind of stuff, I doubt he's got that paternity leave now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he's going on paternity leave. He's, he's got real. They, they got real best uh, wrestler in the world coming in. Dax, Dax, the Dax. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he does. I would. Ho- I would hope. So tell. So tell me this, guys. What do you think? And I'm not sure what you've got planned there, Curtis. But do you think we should run down these last? semi-final matches uh, and final match to just give them a little bit of shine? Or do you want to do like a, a total just like retrospective and just kind of look at each combatant and what we thought of their tournament? Let's do that. And then let's say, um, let's say what we think every person's best match was like, Oh, okay. well, this guy really shown against this guy. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Okay. Then cool. So line them up, up for us. I'm going to yeah. pull up the blocks here let's go. since that's a thing that we're going to do. Hold on. I've been here we go. All right. A block. A block, of course, was won by Kazuchika Okada. What was Okada's what would you say his like overall grade was and uh what was what was his best match? So his grade is shorts, obviously. It can shorts. only be pants or shorts. <laughs> uh and his best match for me oh, pro- I mean it's it's probably gotta be Osprey, right? Like that. That final there was that was really pretty, fucking good. Pretty fucking good. Um, the Jonah match is um, is worth noting just because, and, and that wasn't as much the typical kind of dominant Okada match. You know, that was more like how to really put somebody over, like a, a big man over. The the I Archer the match Archer. was killer. Yeah. yeah, that was so good as well. But you'd have to say the Osprey just because that's a that's like your classic epic main event from New Japan. Yeah, so that was so a much baked very into worthy. it already. Yeah. It was a very, very worthy G1 climax. Final, absolutely. Uh, and you're final. right, Travis, there's so much history between those two that um, bringing it back around and then also where it's left Will's character as well. Like, 
how mm. like fucked up he is over it and all that. Like I, I think there's a lot of stakes done uh, and completed and and yeah, and even though it's like two in a row for Okada because last year was what it was, you know, with uh, Ibushi's injury and stuff, this felt like the, you know, Okada, let's go, kind of uh, yeah. rocket to him. So yeah, I would say that. So next up was Jonah. What was uh, what was Jonah's overall grade, pants or shorts? And what was his best match? Obviously, it was the Okada match. It was the Okada match, and you'd say shorts as well because, again, got himself over huge in Japan. The, they want to see that torpedo. They they want to see him and Big Teats. Like, uh, he got TMDK over in the space of those matches and, and himself over, like I would say. He's a star in Japan now, and I think there's a huge upside to him in Japan. Like, I I'm hope he continues TMDK. with it. And, and I think he will, yeah. And I think you'll see the rest of T, TMDK start to come in. And I, I think that's what he wants too. People are like, oh, maybe, you know, Triple H will call him and blah, blah. I, do, I don't think that's what he wants right now. And I think he knows that that door could potentially be open in the future. But I think he's he's seeing that there's an upside for a super heavyweight in Japan that could really start to cement a legacy and give him a credibility that if down the line, you know, a few years down the line, he wants to go to WWE, he could be in a much better position instead of coming in as like, former NXT North American champion. He could be coming in as former IWGP world champion. Oh man. Oh, you said that, you said that to me and my heart fluttered. <laughs> I, I, I saw you swoon went, oh. on the camera, <laughs> but it could happen, dude. It could the, 100% happen with it. I got the, the vapors. Yeah. One Oof. thing about this new belt and the way they, they're handling the booking of this new world title is it feels like it's up for grabs the legacy of the the V four belt and the you know the heavyweight belt and stuff had become so entrenched that it felt like it was unwinnable, um, which can People be a good thing. Almost, which can be a good thing, but it, but it, it was almost choking on its own legacy. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So they freed it up, and now now it can fly around a little bit more, and you feel like people can win it. Where it where it yeah, yeah, yeah. choking on its own legacy is perfect because. Okada would have these defenses and you'd like, there's no way he's losing this. Like there's no, yeah. it's very rare. You felt like only at Wrestle Kingdom that there was even a chance it could go anywhere. Well, like that's, yeah, that's why when, that um, when, when I was talking about Tamatanga winning the block, mm-hmm. I said, you know, are they going to, are they going to belt Tamatanga? Like, I mean, f- like, fuck, they, they, they belted evil. Exactly. You know, <laughs> why not Tamatanga? Why not? Why exactly. not? Right story, you know what I mean? Right place. Like, he's been loyal to the company for a very long time. They're only just getting cranking with this new face stuff, but the crowd are into him. So who knows where that ends up, you know? <clears throat> Definitely. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk next about Lance Archer. Lance Archer, I thought, had a fantastic tournament. I loved his match with with Okada. Um, I, I, I liked his match with... Uh, with Jeff uh, Tom Lawler as well. Mm-hmm. I thought Lance Archer versus Tom Lawler was tons of fun. Uh, what about you guys? You can go I enjoyed it. I, I miss seeing um, like can wrestle good Archer in AEW because he's positioned so much as the big man to get to like the big man gatekeeper to get to the main event scene in AEW, which I think is what he wants as well. Um, I'm pretty sure he said that like he's not, looking for belts at this point in his career. He wants to just help people put people over. Uh-huh. But 
AEW's booking is kind of getting to the point of such predictability that it's easy to see where things go now. But so you get a cool match, but it's just he's not a threat like he is in the G one. Yeah, and uh, uh, don't you think his uh, joy at being in Japan just shone through, like in everything he was oh, doing? Absolutely. You can tell he missed it and stuff, and he was just killing it. And that last match with Okada, like doing the hood up thing, yeah. doing the like staunch, like not doing anything until he just explodes. That was like a really cool choice to just go, you know what? Yeah. Everybody expects him to come in immediately fucking going crazy, but he's not, you know, and he's just stoic and quiet until he just absolutely obliterates him. And again, a great, another take and, and another look at Okada, like, you know, coming from underneath when he's been overcome. It was really cool. The only way that could have been better is if he somehow had a young lion hidden under his jacket and he took <laughs> the young lion out and threw it at Okada. Yeah. Just javelin like spears him, him. him straight through his chest yeah. with a young lion. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, son. Your father has passed. <laughs> Fight me. Grow, but, uh, grow. He's, he does the thing like the bride in fucking Kill Bill. And he's like, if you want to come looking for vengeance. <laughs> yeah, I'll be waiting. Yeah, exactly. I'll be waiting. Uh, but no, I, look, I enjoyed him. The all-white gear as well looks sick. Yeah, it did. The, he seems no, to, nothing, um, nothing gets to my heart faster than white-on-white gear. Oh, I have match uh, white-on-white gear. Opinion. If, you ever, if you ever see my WWE 2K custom characters, it's all white all the time. All white and gold. Um, he did seem like uh, he's using some of those Jake the Snake lessons in his New Japan promos. And yeah. I'd be interested to see some of those like less yell whisper more actual talking promos in aw if he ever gets to them again but yeah yeah well let's speaking of some of the the backstage interviews i want to talk about tom lawler that dude has been showing a whole new side of himself and uh i really fucking love it man the the backstage interview that he had where he talked about how his sister passed away and he was achieving twice as much of his dream to make up for you know for her like that was fantastic stuff. Just ripped your fucking heart right out, man. Yeah. And like when he would lose, he'd lean on, he would lean on Royce Isaacs and you know, Royce, man, I need you, man. And like, you know, get a hug from his yeah. bro. Like yeah. that was some great stuff. And like in between, he's having fantastic matches. I thought it, like his match with Yano was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, his match with Archer was great. Uh, the Okada match fucking like two thumbs up for the Okada match. Like, Rafe, your take on it was great. It just, I, uh, I think that Tom Lawler did the the Jonah thing. You know, he got he got himself and his faction over in in a fucking heartbeat, and it's just grown since then. Yeah. And I, I, I yeah. wonder how much of that is actually the the Japanese audience wanting to see fresh blood, mm-hmm. and the new japan booking committee knowing like oh they want fresh blood we're bringing in some bad motherfuckers like we brought in jonah we brought in tom lawler for the best of super juniors they were like you want fresh blood here's fucking alex zane here's ace austin yeah you know and these people got fucking over yeah and uh Mm. yeah new japan seemed to believe in him as well like he got a few decent wins and like stuff like he seemed to be booked strong as all like easy um i don't know again i don't know farley at all but it seemed like the grenade is usually fairly protected, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, both, both of, of his finishes signature. are. So the 
the grenade isn't the his super super one. The bad luck fall, nobody kicks out of it all. But even the grenade puts lots of people it's, away. So getting that is pretty. Yeah, huge. I didn't see the bad luck fall actually like kick off because every Farley match I watched, he lost. Yeah, is yeah. it just a razor's edge? Yeah, or is there yeah, yeah, else? essentially, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the most protected move in wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Other than the one winged angel, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I yeah, I enjoyed Lola a lot. Um, that uh, yeah, that one where he's talking about is like him being broken, not telling his wife and shit like that, and just about bawling his eyes out. It was killer. Was he a face on strong when he no, was champion, or was he no? Healed? The team, not. team filthy are like you know a, a bunch of rat bags, you know, and, and he was the dominant champion for like a year. What's, what's interesting about him is giving you a perfect example of you can be somebody with humor but not be a clown, you know. Like he mm. he comes out and they're fucking these douchebags and they're wearing shit and they're doing these dumb claps and they're, they're seeming stupid and they can have a match like they <laughs> did with Yano. But then at the same time, once the bell rings, he does his, you know, stupid stuff, the short job. But then he's choking motherfuckers out and he's a super hard fighter. Mm. And then afterwards, he's emotionally cut up. He's like, you know, he put everything into it to to win. And then he's crying. And, like, he's just got so many layers to him that you can't not be invested in him because he's he's got mm. something for everybody, you know? I, th- I think he really put on an amazing showing. And I would love to see him in Japan more often slash full-time, you know? Yep, I'd like to Absolutely. see just more funny wrestlers who aren't comedy wrestlers. Exactly, like, it's okay. Like you don't have to be one or the other. They don't have to be yeah. mutually exclusive. Yeah, yeah. like like t- like Tito or, and Royce, both of them getting themselves over just like in the, you know, just but by being corner men, you know, but both being super entertaining. Like, fucking Royce, like when everybody's revealing additional layers, and then Royce reveals like a second track suit beneath his track yeah. suit, like. <laughs> And and fucking and Tito like they're doing tags and stuff and he's just saying stuff like to Tom all like I'm gonna clap them cheeks boy I'm gonna clap them cheeks. Like, just saying like just outlandish stuff to like I guess make his friends laugh like you know it's those are the kind of things that that shine through and, and make Tito, fans invested. Tito's a fucking star, dude. Yeah, like uh, Tito so, for yeah. G133, man. I'm gonna start the hashtag now. Yeah, yeah. I need I need big teats in the, in 33, man. Yeah. That would be Speaking so. of just talking shit to pop the boys in the ring, I do really enjoy um, just the fact that you can hear the wrestlers talking in the ring. Yeah. Like AEW barely ever do it, I'm guessing because they're calling their matches a lot more and they can't quite have yeah. the ring as hot mic as New Japan do. Um, but like I remember like uh, there was one, I think it was a triple threat tag match. You might remember, Rafe, but it was where it was Red Dragon versus Jungle Boy and shit versus maybe the Bucks. And Bobby Fish is talking shit on the apron the entire time. And it was the apron where Mike was and it was the best shit ever. Mm-hmm. And you come to here and Juice and uh, El Fantasmo both going, what the fuck, to the ref when uh, the ref farted, I think. <laughs> and just they both, what the fuck, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Made me laugh so much. And I was just like, man, I'd so... It would, it would be such a cool extra little bit to invest you in the matches or for people to bring out some character mm-hmm. that I'd like to see in AEW that I don't think we'd ever would, but yeah, just, and also just juice yelling motherfucker when uh, I think El Phantasma kicked out or uh, 
fucking what was it? Um, count this mother. Ask this motherfucker if he's gonna tap when he's choking Finlay and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just being able to hear that for them to push little character beats would be great. But yeah, the, I do enjoy that a lot about New Japan. The yeah, the American guys like in Japan really kind of push the envelope a little bit with what they say, and because they know they can get away with it too, because a lot it's not like the the people in charge of New Japan are like listening to what the English guys are saying or maybe even understand them. So they've always kind of like done that stuff i remember i think it was my first wrestle kingdom that i watched uh gallows and anderson are walking to the ring and like carl anderson's talking to the camera and he's like that's right nine wrestle kingdoms in a row that's some undertaker shit motherfuckers like like just just, (laughs) talking mad shit and i was like these guys just do whatever the fuck they want you know and that and that was the kind of attitude that made bullet club really cool when i first Mm. you know became uh, exposed to them yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah. Who we got next, Curtis? More, I'm, I'm in more from the perspective of sorry, just like oh, yeah, sorry. You could hear the hatred that Juice had in his voice for Finlay in oh, that moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> getting those little character beats open over would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, no, you're you're completely right there. Yeah. So uh, next up is Jeff Cobb, and I I gotta say I think Jeff Cobb took a step back, My boy, a little bit this year. Uh, I mean, last year he went nine and one, so. Definitely can't do that again, but I don't think he had as many big moments. His match with Okada, again, not the best one that they've had before, but it was still very, very good. Uh, His match with Jonah, that was fucking must-see television. Like, you know, Ichiban Kaiju versus the fucking, the the top dog, that was fantastic. Um, But I I think being in there with, like, Bad Luck Fale wasn't really good for him. I don't think his match with Tom Lawler was very good. Um, his match with Yano was funny. So that was that was good. <laughs> his arms tucked into his own singlet was a very <laughs> funny visual. He looked like a dolphin when he did that. <laughs> when he, did yeah, that yeah. When he I, I honestly, like for a brief second, I didn't think that he could jump high enough to get back in the ring without his arms. And I thought, is he just going to get counted out? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So, yeah, I think he took a little bit of a step back, but I think, um, I mean, Jeff Cobb, you know, taking a step back from nine and one in the G1 is still better than most of the wrestlers on the planet. So, yeah, what the fuck do I know? Um, uh, Do you think he suffered from being put into the A block with the rest of the monsters and not having as many little men to throw around? Maybe. Maybe it would have been a lot more impressive to see him in, like, say, the B block, you know, where he could have... um, He'd have matches with like Tomatonga or Jay White or Sonata, you know, someone or Chase Owens. He could just throw, just yeet people, you know, into the fucking stratosphere. That would have been a lot cooler, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, or for- would you put uh, put him in C block and swap him out with Hanare, so then you get Hanare in Monster Block. Ooh, seeing seeing Hanare in the Monster Block would have been a lot of fun. oh, just watching Toriano like try and run up and like. Uh, you know, do the funny stuff, and then just Hanare uh, just fucking sparks him out. Yeah, that, that would that would be entertaining. Fantastic. Though I do think Hanare was in the perfect spot where he was getting matches like mm. against Tanahashi and a, and a win against him. You know, those kind of storyteller guys. I think and Zach and stuff. I think brought out more yeah. from Hanare uh, as it was for for anybody who didn't listen to the original G Wondering. Travis actually won the. G wandering contest on the back of Jeff Cobb, like he he, he like Jeff Cobb and Goto. Yeah, exactly. 
uh, and that was it. And As Jeff Cobb told us in his cameo video, always bet on Brown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I got Travis a cameo for his birthday from Jeff Cobb, and he was like, so I heard you won your thing. He's like, what can I say? Always bet on Brown. And I was saying to Travis, I'm like, had you just based all your pickums around that <laughs> advice, you probably would have won because Ujero's like a lot browner than a lot of people in that block, and you would have just been <laughs> stacking up wins, you know? <laughs> uh, so next up, oh, man, bad luck folly. Bad luck folly, like I, I love bad luck folly. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing to me screams Bullet Club like seeing bad luck folly come out and just he's he's not going to be running around he's not gonna be doing flips obviously but like just watching him dominate like that is bullet club to me mm-hmm. you know so like i like to see bad luck Fale achieve however i think maybe he was in the wrong block as well you know because like having a monster block is a cool idea but monsters are never quite as monstrous as when they are like you said throwing people around so yeah. maybe it would have been a lot cooler to see him in uh, in the B block or in the C block, you know, mixing it up with those guys. So yeah, I, I liked Fale. I think he had he had some great matches with uh, his match with uh, who was it that I was thinking of? I don't know. Do you guys can you guys think yeah. of a of a good match that Fale had? Well, uh, well, I would say that I actually liked Fale in this block because really well. What we've seen from Fale usually is exactly that, like him throwing around the little guys. I felt like he had to work a little bit harder in this block because it was other dudes of his same size, you know, so that they were actually maybe having like a little bit more competitive matches from Fale than you'd normally see. Um, And I also really enjoyed his match with Okada. I thought it was one of the only times I thought the money clip looked like absolute death when he like staggers over on him and he's like literally just on top of like uh <laughs> like Farley's body, you know, and they're laying down like and he's just yeah, like choking yeah, yeah. him out. And I also loved was it I think it was him versus Jonah where like Okada did that uh, sorry, uh, bad luck Farley did that like running elbow drop like he comes off the ropes and just like all his weight just does this huge like running elbow drop straight onto him because he's like big enough to take it you know and yeah. some huge spears and stuff from him so I, I thought he was you know working hard and it was yeah some a little bit more adversity than you'd normally see you know from his opponents against him because he, he had to That's... like work to fight them good point man very very good the point. tour of the islands yes Farley looked insane yeah that was um, i also just liked uh tom lawler like crawling all over him like a little ant yes. trying to choke him out yeah, yeah, yeah what exactly. was it was a real life uh what was it real life uh, uh shadow of the colossus shadow, oh, of, shadow the colossus. of the colossus the yeah it was that's a great, <laughs> great yeah does Farley have this is this what this is what kind of had me most invested in any Farley match i want does he have a tattoo on the top of his head his entire yeah, like, skull always, is tattooed like, Okay. <laughs> it distracted me so much. And every time I'd like look at the screen and I'd see a little bit of a glimpse of his head and I'd be like, is it just shadow? Yeah. No, no. He's got full tribal tattoos over his whole head. Like his hairline and everything is, is tattoos. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. He's badass looking. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, Toriano made me laugh a couple of times. <laughs> Shorts. Enough. <laughs> enough. Was that enough for him to still be in the G1? Monster he will always have a spot. He will always have a spot in the G1 for as long as he wants it because of what he does, because of who he is. 
I mean, I guess you do need that spoiler in there, but uh, it seemed like he had less to do this round than, um, well, he had he had a, he had much less to do this year than the last time I watched. It's probably because there's only so much you could do with people that size. Yeah, you know, like you're not going to be like hoisting bad luck folly's shirt up over his head to get a roll up or anything like that you know yeah like uh yeah there's just only so much you can do that's why his his match with okada was okay his match with tom lawler was fucking fantastic one of the best matches of the tournament yeah it was somebody one of the best matches to go there yeah exactly um i think him ripping that wig off of uh (laughs) tom lawler's head was so funny and i i hadn't really paid attention like i think it was lance on commentary i think it was where it's like that hair looks very dry or whatever but i at the time didn't yeah. didn't know tom lawler well enough to really peg that it was a wig you know what i mean like i wasn't Same. really paying attention and i was kind of thinking and so when he actually put it off i lost my shit i was like that's so funny because the hair actually got like his hair just looks ratty and shitty anyway you know like so i was just mm. like that's just his hair and when he pulled off i was like this is genius this is just and the match just gets so out of control it becomes so pro wrestling with all their fucking antics when yano for no reason reveals that he's also got a second pair of pants like there's just no point to any of it and it's amazing it's maybe one of my favorite new japan matches of all time like that's how you do uh... a comedy like yano match that's when he's at his best but like you said he was in a block with monsters so there's only so much you could do yeah exactly so stupid yeah. yeah i loved it so but for that match alone he was in the right block he just needed to be in lawler's block and that that's it the yes. rest was yeah. he just had to to make up numbers and you know in previous g1s he's been like the upset monster and like taking consulate people out and being a wild card but in this particular block and with as many wins as they could share around you know in a shorter field he just did what he could he was like the first yeah. person to beat John Moxley after he left WWE and stuff like that. Like exactly, I mean, he beat Jonah. He was like the that picture uh, like, still makes know. me laugh. <laughs> that picture of Mox like kneeling in the, in the ring. ring with his face overlaid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Excellent memory. Was it, was it this fucking aftermatch promo? Is I going to turn up to your house in a vehicle I've somehow acquired, <laughs> pop out of a birthday cake and murder you? <laughs> Uh, shooter just looking confused anyway all right so let's get to the b block the winner of the b block tamatanga tamatanga had a fucking fantastic g1 i absolutely loved everything he was doing his match with tai chi uh you know it was it was 15 minutes 10 of that was just like absolute fucking horse shit but the final five minutes were fantastic and they were made a hundred percent better by the, the 10 minutes of butt fuckery that went, that went ahead of it. Yeah. And I absolutely loved it. Like the, the, like him being scared to touch the iron fingers and shit like that. I was, I was in my fucking, in my glories watching this fucking match. This was everything I needed. So yeah, I think Tomatonga chef's kiss, buddy. Good for you. Let's let's fucking go. Hantai Tamatanga for fucking life. Four 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 life. I love it. <laughs> That's it. I, I I'm interesting to see where he takes this because that the promo he cut after he beat Jay w- was really good. Like he showed like a lot of emotion. That whole like you've thank you for what you've done for me because you've 
shown me I can fly and now I want to know what's up there. Like that that sort of vibe and where he's going to go is really awesome. And I, I really want to see him continue to develop what face Tamatonga is, you know what I mean? Because he's still got a foot in Gorillas of Destiny, you know, and the way he dresses and his music and stuff like that. But I think as he continues to develop, he could definitely become like, you know, New Japan mega face. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What's Tangaloa been doing since they got kicked out? Are they still tagging? Injured shoulder. Yeah, he he was good too. Like he actually, I I definitely thought he was going to, you know, kind of double turn and go back to Bullet Club or whatever. And maybe that'll still happen when he comes back. But yeah, he got injured. So unfortunately, he's just out at the moment. And uh, Hikaleo never uh, never turned on Bullet Club. Hikaleo stayed with Bullet Club. Yeah, he's like Jay's big man over in Strong and stuff, right? And Impact. Over in Impact, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Tomatonga's best match, I think it was Tai Chi. Do you guys, do you guys concur? Or uh, was it Jay? I, I think it was Jay for me. I, th- I think that, that's a career-defining win for him. It absolutely is. Uh, the The closing stretch of that match, like, they, they fucking weaved it so well. Like, with Tama Tonga, couldn't hit the gun stun, but he's hitting, you know, Jay's so busy blocking the gun stun that he's, like, leaving himself open for the for the bloody Sunday or, you know, this this big suplex or whatever he's, you know, he's doing. I loved it. I loved it so much. It was so good. It was the, so fucking good. The springs in Tama Tonga, like, the the elevation he gets on that gun study he's just he flies out of nowhere wwe don't source but you know what i'm saying like he <laughs> fucking just launches man he gets so high every time it's really really impressive it definitely looks a lot higher impact than like the rko or like most other cutters yeah it's very I've explosive seen. yeah yeah i really um, I, do, I do think he needs another he needs another finisher yeah mm-hmm. yeah didn't did he just get that from Carl Anderson? Yeah, Carl Anderson bequeathed it to him. Yeah, when he yeah. left. But that's cool that he's been doing the the bloody Sunday, which is like a a Prince Devitt thing. Yep. Yeah. Mm. So you know, nineteen sixteen, isn't it in WWE? That's what I think. Yeah, that's, that's what they call it. Now, yeah. yeah, but they call it bloody Sunday. You can't know. say bloody. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> I think. Well, I mean, when you say bloody Sunday like that specifically to is is in referral to like a, mm. a religious massacre so like maybe that's yeah. in bad taste to bring up on on television western television yeah i mean would most people even know <laughs> i mean i guess in the uk yeah uh, yes but in america no anyway absolutely not <laughs> let's <laughs> yeah, not get nah, into that would. um next up jay white jay white had a fantastic fucking g1 and the promo that he cut after he lost to tamatanga god damn it i haven't oh, seen it I, I haven't I actually seen it what, what's uh what's said a lot of screaming yeah fuck just basically fuck <laughs> a lot just on his knees screaming fuck at the ground and uh then he walks off i think isn't it that's it yep and there was 30 seconds that's all he needed but yeah, like mm. Jay, Jay is the fucking best. Like in the ring, on the mic. Like if you're watching a Jay White match with your phone in your hand, you're doing it wrong because he's he's mm. doing so many little things that you miss if you aren't glued to him. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah. I, I don't know how you how you couldn't be glued to him because every time he's on the screen, I'm fucking focusing. I love Jay White. Yeah. I do really like Jay White. That was one of the things when uh, when we had Forbidden Door because I, I like AEW is my jam for the most part. I don't watch a lot else. I watch New Japan, but when he and Okada came out for that four way, yeah. And even beforehand, like when he's just cutting promos in the lead up to it in those few weeks and you're sitting there looking at him and you're like, I don't know that AEW really has anybody on his level as a performer. Um, It was there. They stole that show. You know what I mean? And whenever he was on their TV, he was stealing their show. He seemed like the biggest champion, you know, and that's like... The biggest deal in the world. yeah, Yeah, it's like he's kind of come in and it's like... I mean, to use the the analogy of like Ric Flair back in the day where he'd come in as like the champion of champions, it felt like the IWGP champion was the champion and above the others because he yeah. was just carrying it that way. You know, it was it was really impressive from him. And for somebody as well that like, you know, he's on TV there where people have been in WWE who have been AEW superstars, all that stuff. Jay is like a dude. small. Exactly. And he's like a dude from New Zealand who was in the dojo and he was kind of, you know, he went on excursion to Ring of Honor, came back and they just booked him into this like switchblade character. And at first you were like, who is this guy with the gloves? What's happening? And then where he is now, it's just like, you guys just like back this Mm. dude in and built one of the biggest stars in wrestling. It's pretty crazy. Absolutely. Is is he heel Okada where... He came in, like, because Okada came back from his excursion and just immediately got the rocket strapped to him or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is he just the, again, it, like, that's New Japan have their hero in Okada. Is he their ultimate villain? Well, and that's his I, role I don't think long term. I mean, when Okada came back, he was a heel then, you know? Like, I, I think mm. ultimately Jay White will probably have a pretty huge, like, <clears throat> good well, guy, sympathetic run in the end. That yeah. was actually going to be my question to you guys because I remember after um, he lost Wrestle Kingdom, was it last year? And he two had that ago. promo. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. Um, like that mental breakdown two years ago. Man, COVID. Uh, and he had that like mental breakdown. It was, yeah, it was Coda, wasn't it? It was, yes. against, yeah. Coda, it was against Coda. Yeah. Um, uh, and you're sitting there looking at it and you're like, man, like, is this his the seeds for his face turn two years later doesn't seem to really be a thing they're moving towards or is it and you guys see it coming soon or Mm. i I don't think soon but that they he still drops little seeds of it like all the time like you still see little kind of bits and pieces you know in his moments of weakness or when things aren't working and and stuff like that, you see little glimpses of who that guy is. So it'll be interesting. What do you think, Curtis? Do you think that's a that's a long term goal for them still? They had that brief moment. Sorry, Curtis, before you get in, they had that brief moment where um, who was it who almost had him dead to rights, and Ghetto Chase. was just watching. Yeah, yeah. So do you see them? Do you see Bullet Club turning on them in for, for in your in your response to race question? Do you also see that as well? coming i i absolutely see a face turn for jay white at some point um is it going to be as good as what he's done with his heel work who knows we'll we'll have to watch and find out but it is it is coming a hundred percent the um the seeds as far as being planted like that's 
that's one. That's one of those moments where you'll be able to look back and go, oh yeah, they were, they were ready to just fucking drop him and, and move on to the next guy because no, no leader of bullet club has ever been, you know, has, has ever left voluntarily, you know, like they, they kick mm. people out. And uh, so if Jay does indeed go face and leave bullet club, he's not leaving voluntarily. So you'll be able to see those, those seeds being planted. And like, that wasn't the first one, but it's, it's nowhere near the last one. They got quite a ways to go before they, they uh, cultivate that, that into a plant. Absolutely. And I don't think that in that moment, that means that like Chase is the guy that's taking over. I think it's just showing you that Gato's always watching, you know what I mean? And he's always just going to jump with whoever he thinks is, you know, gonna, uh, I took Feed that less as yeah, yeah, Chase is going to be the guy to dethrone him and more Jay is weak. We need a strong leader kind of thing. It yeah. seems like that pack mentality where you need to like like the pirate code, I guess. You gotta yeah. be the baddest motherfucker on the ship to yeah. be yeah. captain. And if you show that weakness then you're gone, like kind of thing. So yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Who would you got like to, to divert a little bit? Do you see any like who do you think the next leader of Bullet Club could be out of the current roster? ELP. You don't see ELP turning face as well? Or do you see him doubling down into his... I, I think that it's going to be a thing where they're, they're thinking that he's going to go uh, and be a face. They think that he's finally turned a corner and he's just going to like cackle and be like, fucking got you, fucking marks, yeah, and, and uh, double more. down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That'd be so great. Exactly. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I think I think ELP would be a really good choice. Um, you might see Juice try for it, but I don't think he will will get it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I when they first brought him back, I thought maybe maybe they were going to hang that on Juice. And after this G one, and we'll get to Juice's yeah. fucking. Let's G1. talk about Juice when we get to Juice. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So next, is there up, anyone? Sorry, is there anyone currently outside of Bullet Club that you could see coming in? Because typically the leaders aren't part until they appear. Is that always? Is that generally the case? Like uh, AJ surprise debut. AJ surprise Kenny. debuted, but Kenny was part of Bullet Club for a year and a half, two yeah, years. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Jay was, uh, yeah, Jay was a surprise uh, Bullet Club uh, turn because he was part of Chaos. So yeah, mm. but uh, and Devitt was from you know, the start. Yeah, Devitt. Yeah, Devitt was just there. Um, I, I don't know. Worst, I don't. I, unless maybe they went case with scenario evil. <laughs> maybe they could go with like uh someone f- from outside. Would they go? They wouldn't go with a junior, would you? Would they? Do you think? Devitt was junior. Devitt was, was a junior, but they haven't had one since. Because Kenny, the the like second that he uh, declared that he was the leader of Bullet Club, he moved up to, to heavy. Yeah, and then he got the promotion. Yeah. Maybe that's why El Fantasma is getting that promotion. Maybe Not promotion. He's moving up. It definitely could be. Maybe it definitely could be. I don't. I don't know if there's anyone outside that I. Hmm. Alex Zane. Alex Zane definitely is not a fucking genius. I mean, it's... at that point, we're just like shooting names into the ether, though. So I, yeah, exactly. I, I think, uh, I think, I mean, fantasy booking stuff aside, I, I think that they've done a they've done a really good job rehabilitating Bullet Club and making people give a fuck. So 
I mean, that's something. Yeah. You you love Alexane as a face, is what you're saying. You you want to shoot down my Alexane heel turn? No, no, I absolutely don't want to. But uh, <laughs> I I have no problem okay. with that. Next up in the B block, Sonata. Sonata. We, we've great, we've great immediately abandoned our fucking rating system like we always have, but I think everybody has been shorts yeah, up right, until shorts. now. I feel like, uh, I mean, fuck, I tried to, I booked Sonata to win this uh, block in my mind. I thought Sorry. coming back from injury, he would be, you know, doing something and we had kind of seen him sort of change up his look and was, you know... I was I was expecting something special, but uh, we saw him kind of revert back to his terrible beard and hair, and uh, I don't care about him again. So <laughs> there you go. Can you guys explain Sonata to me? Because like, I had him to win, but only because of I thought uh, like he seems like New Japan are high on him, and I don't understand it. He's very popular with the Japanese audience. I it's. He's a very handsome fellow. His his whole thing is supposed to be that I'm too cool for you. But it really just comes across as I don't give a shit. And it, it's really hard for a lot of people to connect with him. So the, you'll hear it a lot where there are people that are fucking ride or die with Sonata. And then there are some people that are just like, I, I don't fucking give a shit. I forgot he was still wrestling. Yeah. You know? Is it like a cultural cultural subtlety thing? That as Westerners we just don't quite get, or I, I it must be, it must be because we a lot of us expect our wrestlers to be larger than life, and that's just not Sonata, yeah. you know, that's just not who he is. I was pretty fortunate I, I heard, in this tournament that uh, most of his matches landed on your nights, so I was pretty happy about that. <laughs> you, you mean you didn't do that on purpose? <laughs> I can't say that I uh, looked at every single night and made sure I got the first one so I wouldn't have to review. No, no, no I'll go no. first. I'll go first. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. For you, man, I'll, I'll take fine. care of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So definitely, uh, definitely pants. Um, he had a couple of good ones. His, his match with Ishii was good. Um, I say he even shouted in the middle of his match with Ishii. He did. Yeah. They, they had a, mm. a test of will spot where they were, you know, taking turns, punching each other. And uh, Sonata, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> loud or impressive or anything. It was just kind of like a, it was almost like he saw a spider like in a teacup that he was reaching out. He was like, Ugh. <laughs> he's got that little scared boy yell like Yoshihashi. Yeah, they, they need to put him in, in just matches with the likes of Ishii and Shibata just constantly and just have them beat New Japan wrestling beat into, him. into a character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He did. Uh, I think I saw. I think I did see the end to Ishii and Sonata. Was that um, like Ishii won that? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. Okay. I did see. Yeah, I did see the last few stretches of that as I was trying to find something else yesterday. I was going through and like kind of thinking back to all your G wonderings and mm-hmm. thinking what were laid out as good matches to watch. And I did see the end of that. I did think Ishii's brainbuster looked a little bit suplexy. But uh, it did look like Sonata had some character in the final stretches of that. But yeah, I would, otherwise I just always look at him and like I watch the first few minutes of a Sonata match and go, I don't give a shit about this. Like I got other things yeah. to do. It, it's Skip. it. He had a little bit of personality at the very end of that match, and it's just like, okay, that's a little bit too little, too late. You know? Yeah. If you've had six matches already and you're finally starting to show a little bit of personality at the very yeah. end of the last match. Hmm. 
you know, you could have done more this tournament. Lock off. <laughs> exactly. Um, Pants. Is that is that what he was like? Because I, I, you guys referenced that he had a U.S. title run, or, or or was about to recently. I thought it was kind of the same thing, but Rafe like seemed to enjoy it. So, well, I I really enjoyed his. Or are you enjoying it relative to his previous work? Well, so it's, it's definitely relative to his previous work, and then he had this. What I think is the best match he's had in New Japan was his match with Tanahashi, like leading into that. And then we started to see glimpses of him maybe doing something exciting and maybe showing some emotion. And then he got injured and then he kind of came back and I was like, maybe we're going to continue to see that, but he just really sort of slid back into what he had always been doing. You know, He was just like, I made an effort and I got hurt. I will yeah. never make I an will never again. do this again. <laughs> All right, yeah, who's next? This is too, too much Sonata talk. Fuck. Uh, next up was Tai Chi, uh, the brand new business Tai Chi. Yeah, uh, absolutely broke my fucking heart when after his match with uh, Jay White, he basically dismissed Mihoabe. He said, "You know, I'm sorry I couldn't take you to the Budokan. I couldn't take you all the way to the Budokan," and left Mihoabe standing uh, in the back by herself. <gasps> it was absolutely heart-wrenching for me it was it was a moment that i uh i've played over and over again in my head you know like the ending of casablanca yeah and uh tai chi pants bro you can't do that to me ho you can't how dare you tai chi star-crossed lovers is it a, is this a permanent split or i hope not is i this, wonder if maybe there'll be, be some point where maybe maybe tai chi so for like nine ten twelve months he's uh he he has no mihoabe and then somehow gets a title shot and brings her back oh opulence or is this going to be you pimping peter where she just for some somehow just turns up at his next entrance oh yeah shit that's a hundred percent what will happen that's that's a hell new japan move where they're just like don't worry about it (laughs) i was i was i was fucking distraught I was yeah. so sad. I can see it in your eyes. I, I, I did. I did read. Apparently, the New Japan audience not a big fan of the Mihoabi spot. What? Why? Not really. I don't know. I was reading on the Reddit. What, what Mihoabi spot are we speaking? What? Uh, in the Jay White match, where Ghetto had like grabbed her. Oh, oh okay, okay. No? I, w- I thought you meant like they didn't appreciate her being there. No, no, like, not not her spot. No, the spot where Ghetto has like grabbed her and is using her as like a hostage to distract um, uh, Chi. Well, I wasn't a fan of it either. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Keep his hands to himself, motherfucker. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I um, I did like. I mean, it's a bit antiquated now, like in current year, but I did like the match with Chase where he essentially was treating her like she was Miss Elizabeth or something back in, you know, the eighties where yeah. he's like kiss or I heard him kind of thing. Like it's like such like old wrestling tropes back. So lend it to it. And then when T- Tai Chi kicks the fuck out of him, it was really good. Yeah. I thought the, uh, the match with Chase was, was very good. Uh, tai Chi and his, you know, Kings road style and, and Chase and his old Memphis style, like, they they meshed really well. Yeah, sex pest the match. That's what we get. sex pest. 
Yeah, you said that. <laughs> is Tai Chi a sex pest, or was there like no, some divorce or cheating scandal or something? <laughs> I think there was a there was a cheating rumor, but I don't think it was ever a scandal. Yeah, I, I don't think so. But, but this but, is very very bad over there. Apparently, isn't it? Like yeah, affairs oof. and shit like that is yeah. do not do that. Thing. That is why um, oh, Taka Michinoku was sort of banished for a while. Hmm. Interesting. Exactly. And that's why Great um, Okan's just never going to get married. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's out there swinging. <laughs> he can just sling um, it. Yeah. He's just going to go full vampire and have three brides. Yeah. Um, the what? So, sorry, can you just explain to me Tai Chi's gimmick for a second? I mean, I did, did Japan do gimmicks. Um, I heard that he's like a... Um, fucking, he's like a boy band. Yeah, he's a pop star man who failed and he has bitter resentment about it or something i mean and mio Abi is his number one fan i sing that song every fucking day to myself <laughs> like, i don't know about fail it's just a ringtone yeah again I a mean, lot of what i know about new japan characters is i mean the the western stuff i can pick up pretty easy but the japanese stuff is me trying to go and find it on reddit after the fact so and reddit well, is full I, of shit so no, it's that's that's pretty close. Yeah, he's basically just a member of a of a boy band. I, I believe the boy band was called Ready to Kiss. Oh, and, is that uh, why he has Ready to Kiss on his knee pad? I just thought yeah, it's because yeah, yeah. it was because he's ready to. He's kiss. repping. He's repping for NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, except it's Ready to Kiss. I love that. What a Ooh. what a band oh, name. As I fucking strike my fucking microphone in rage. Yeah. I um, <laughs> calm down. Obviously, obviously, this Tai Chi talks. Uh, it's getting a bit worked out. He's still too much real upset about the breakup of ready to kiss but i i i wanted to see a, a bit more from tai chi i had sort of in my tips hoped that he would beat jay white and maybe set himself up as a potential contender uh, so that hasn't yeah. happened and dangerous techers doesn't really exist so he's feeling a little bit directionless for me at the moment so i'm i'm hoping for yeah. big things for tai chi because i like him a lot Tai Chi in the fucking never picture or something would be fucking great. Let's let's get a belt back on that guy. This is why I miss the fucking Intercontinental title, man. How good would that beautiful white icy belt look on Tai Chi's black and gold robes? Oh, <sighs> or I mean, Miho carrying it out for him. Yeah. On a you know, with Elvis to resplendent white and gold robes. Yeah. Exactly. Opulence. Opulence, bitch. Opulence. Opulence. All right, who's next, Curtis? Uh, uh, <laughs> good question. Uh, the Great Okan. I mean, what else I can know... be said about the Great Okan that we haven't already said? <laughs> I know. I, I wanted this to be his time. He's still a little bit young. They're still seasoning him. Fuck it, man. Pull the trigger. Let's fucking go. Great Okan's ready. He's ready. Put a belt on that man. I know he's been the you know tag team... Uh, tag team champion he's gonna have a great big spot at some point with uh ftr mm-hmm. <sighs> i want world heavyweight champion like, okan mm-hmm. <laughs> it did definitely seem like their uh opinion of Cobb and okan is their tag boys at the moment yeah at the moment yeah and that's fine I, I, I think they're probably champion. they're probably lined up to be the guys that beat ftr right and take the belts back that's what you'd be thinking is like well, they didn't get pinned. So. Yeah, and they've still never had like a real run with it yet. You know, it keeps sort of getting scalped off them. So yeah, it'd be interesting yeah. to see where they they can get. 
just yeah, uh, to I divert have... a little bit, you guys said Tekkers is done. Mm-hmm. What is the ta- what's the tag scene in New Japan like at the moment? I mean, it does a little bit, a little bit scattershot. But I mean, it's always that. Like, it's always mm. just you know that they, they kind of pull it back together for World Tag League and then uh, <laughs> and put a few guys together and and knock it out. Yeah. But but I think... you don't have a lot of you don't have a lot of like tag teams. Yeah. You have you know your your basic uh, factions and then factions. people are made into yeah. teams. And they'll just make them up. So I mean, it's not it's not as bad as like WWE where they were making just putting two dudes together. You know, at least these two dudes are in a faction together, but they are, it's still kind of random. And that's, yeah. that's how Tekker started. Uh, Golden Aces with, uh, when Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi were tag teaming, like they were fucking fantastic, mm-hmm. but it was still just two dudes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, the, yeah, okay. um, Interesting. I, I, I think though that there's some signs that there could be some good things coming. Obviously FTR are the champions at the moment. Um, you've got Aussie Open have just become the first ever strong champions uh out of strong there's actually quite a few good teams like the west coast wrecking crew who are part of team filthy royce isaacs as part of that you've got tmdk potentially in the wings shane hayes and mikey nichols so there's the potential for there to be like quite a good world tag league this year if they you know pull yeah, you all these bring a lot of people over i hope so world tag league could be fucking must-see television yeah, it, could it could be, be must-see television this year could also be could, not it see, could right? just be world tag league yeah. <laughs> it could just be world tag league could be not see so we'll we'll see mm. we will yeah. see did you say, oh, so right. did you say mox rafe oh not see okay sorry not see not moxley, moxley see just... such a fucking aew guy look at this motherfucker he's like what did you I say something about mox Curtis was looking... I, 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 something about I, my friend mox I thought you said mox oh, you're blaming me now like... you're blaming me now <laughs> Travis John is looking for John any any brain. excuse to talk about Moxley. Do you, do you guys? Ain't nobody talking about John. No, I, was, I was I was like, is that? Uh, is that about how the great bring... fucking Ocon? I thought you said not see. Oh, sorry, I thought you said Moxley, and then I was just like, is I was like, I was like, how the fuck does that come in? Like, I was one. I was curious where you were going with it, and then I thought, is that Mox and Shooter is in World Tag League? I would the Death Riders, bro. Now we're talking. Now we're talking something. It's like. Oh, me, I mean, this is me, yeah, like me talking back. just about Moxley for no reason, and then me being interested when you're talking about him with Shooter. <laughs> I'm that yeah. meme right so now. It's not Mox; it's Shooter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Shooter's the I'm, star there. Shooter's fucking ready, bro. We were talking about it on the last episode. Like, Shooter's fucking. He's he's fully cooked. Yeah. Let's let's bring him home. Yeah. Let's go. Exactly. Let's bring him home. In summary, would you say that Okan's tournament? was a bit pants like he is not in any way but i think we just all wanted way more from him i think yeah the the um the results were pants yeah for ocon mm-hmm. exactly right. uh next up chase owens uh f- you know two wins he had uh he beat was it tomohiro ishii and was it great ocon he beat great ocon um, I thought his match with Ishii was good. I thought yeah. the way that he played up his match with Okan was really good. Uh-huh. Um, I thought Big Teats calling him a fucking nerd was great. Mm-hmm. So, good, good matches with Tai Chi yeah. and with Jay White. Showed a lot of character in both of those. I would say like a shorts tournament from, from Chase Owens. Yeah. I think he yeah. I think he had some like really good matches and showed like a lot of character. Maybe more character than we've ever seen from Chase Owens in like the hundred years he's been with New Japan. In the case, in right. the case of these few few matches, I think you're absolutely right. Like this was a really a really good showing for Chase. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Do you think he lives up to his crown jewel monarchy yet? And that he's stealing someone else's spot? Yeah. <laughs> someone steal the crown jewels? Yeah. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii. This might be his last G1. What did you think of his last G1, if it is indeed his last G1? Look, I, I, I always enjoy Ishii matches. I'm happy to to watch them, and I really think he does bring the best out of his opponents. Um, like you just said, it. Like look at Chase and look at even that Sonata match was probably Sonata's best match of the entire tournament. You know, I think he's really valuable in that he holds such respect in New Japan that no motherfucker is phoning it in with him, and he would never let them. You know, and so I think it's important that somebody like him is around to keep everybody. I was going to say, I still don't quite get him. He hasn't clicked with me yet. Or it's getting closer. Um, but like as someone who hasn't watched a lot of New Japan, I'm still kind of, I don't see the appeal as much yet. I'm starting really? to see glimpses of it. Like when he's just, uh, the main one I kind of focused on a lot uh, was him and ZSJ when he's just like the slowest disrobing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that's, um, that's every, that's Naito in every big match. So that's, that's what I mean. Now I think I started to kind of get it where um, maybe I just needed that quick match where he's just the troll. Is that his character? It kind of is his yeah, character. So, so when I first, the reason why I was taking my time to think about it was because he has been, you know, doing that kind of slower sort of stuff and things like that. And I guess the entire tournament from him, they sort of did the same thing they do where he starts on, off on a bit of a losing streak. And then I was just kind of very surprised that he didn't even win his block, you know. I really thought he would get he there and if not win the, the G1. Hey, what's that? He did win his block. Oh, yeah, he did win his block. What am I talking he about? Got, he lost to Osprey. Sorry, yes, that's what I was trying to say. Sorry, I mean, like, didn't even win his semi semi i really thought that he would have gone through that to be in the finals was what i was trying to say yeah so, that's that's yeah. you know i was saying it on every g wondering it's like there are a lot of people who are saying okay this is this is where we get naito on the on the path to wrestle kingdom again yes and uh you know i was saying that they're gonna they're gonna kick naito fans in the dick a couple of more times yeah. like that's just how the booking for naito goes mm -hmm. and uh you know like that's what they did like why but why would they have him win the block if he's just going to lose the next match, like win the block on the last night, big, you know, a uh, hilarious moment where he beats Zack Sabre Jr. at his own fucking game. And then has a, a admittedly fucking fantastic match with Will Ospreay mm -hmm. and loses, just loses fucking flat out clean. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it, what's the, I'm not really sure, sure what the end game was there, but I do think that match with Ospreay was really good. I really enjoyed them together. And that, that's like quite a protected match, right? They, was that their first, first time, time First time ever. And I thought it was really good. And it was like, I guess, Naito runs into somebody that he's not quite ready for. Um, but Naito's whole thing is that, yeah, Travis, you, you hit it. Like he is sort of like this troll who likes to make people work to his own pace. When I first was exposed to him, he was very sort of disrespectful uh, to the titles and stuff he held. Like when I first saw him, I watched him walk out on Ring of Honor carrying the V4 belt and then just throw it into the sky as high as anything could ever be thrown. And then just it crashed down into the middle of the ring and him ignore it while he like, you know, uh, sort of paraded about. And he's, he's developed into more of a tweener now, but when he was like 
bad or heel Naito. He was the most disrespectful kind of person on the roster. You know, he, oh, he was literally breaking the intercontinental belt every, you know, every chance he got throwing it against the ring posts and stuff like that, kicking it down the fucking. Cause he was like this secondary bullshit. Like he hated like his own title. He's like, I'm, I'm above every title in new Japan and I don't care about this trash. I'll just hold on to it until I can get to the other one, you know? So there's definitely been these really cool character building moments from him that, uh, that if you, if you miss them, you, you'd sort of not see that from him. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he is that shit stirrer. You know, he's always like tranquilo is what he says. It's like, relax, buddy. It's fine. We're all having a good time. Right. Like it's cool. And then like his opponents start to, get angry at him and that's exactly what he wants to happen takes advantage yeah. him outside the ring like gesturing to zeta oh, like a young lion was was he gesturing to like the losers tunnel or something yeah. like that yep. or like to, to leave is that what he was doing yeah that was very funny like he's like pounding to get his attention and then <laughs> yeah when he, that was when he ran up when he ran up and offered him the fucking ice pack i lost my goddamn mind yeah, he's I, a love, sh- I love he, it. He's a shit stir for sure, and most one but of the most popular yeah. guys in. in. Yeah, it did seem odd that. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean because it seems odd that they kind of had him hit, lo- had him win the block, especially like he won the last match so easy. Like was it a t- two minutes, a minute fifty eight or something like that? Two two fifty nine, like, I think is what it was. It was almost exactly three minutes. Wow, he's nice and rested up. And then he comes up to Osprey, who's had like a fucking War. hell of a time winning to the point where it looked like he wasn't going to, and it was going to be some weird seven man scramble. And yet he pulls it together and overcomes not only all of D block, which is so closely contested, and then puts away Naito pretty handily as well. Absolutely. And yeah, so like this, is, this is just how Naito's booking goes. Like, Naito fans, you know, they waited literally years to see Tetsuya Naito win the big one. You know, he's, he, he had been a world or he'd been a heavyweight champion, but it was only for like a month. He didn't really get any victories out of it. And finally what, you know, he was going to be, he was going to be the first ever double champion intercontinental belt and heavyweight belt. And that's what he was. And it was this moment. You, were you there for that one? I was there. I was in the building. And that was after, like, two years earlier, everybody thinking he was going to win the title and then Okada beats him clean and the air fell out of the dome. And then two years later, I'm there for the the double gold dash. Naito finally does it. The place comes fucking unglued as he becomes the the double champion. And then the headline reads, local man ruins everything as Kenta fucking runs in and attacks him from behind directly afterwards. Yeah. What a shit bag. Fuck and like, Kenta. dude, like I, like the, the cheering was happening. I thought the show was over. You know, I was starting to make my way toward the exit. You know, I'm full of beer. We're going to get stuff. Cheer, cheer. Everything. I can see it on the screen. And then I just hear the crowd erupt. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And then Kent is just like attacking me in the ring. I'm like, oh no, what is happening? Oh man. Yeah. That was the fucking healiest shit. And then we, we were, we were at like the, um, the shows afterwards, you know, road to shows and stuff afterwards. And Kenta was there and like, they had like multi-man tags and Kenta and Naito are brawling in the crowd and the crowd are like running, like to, 
be there and they're like yelling at Kendra and stuff. Everybody hated him. He was just like absolute mm. ballistic nuclear heat. Like uh, amazing. Yeah, in the in the small towns of Japan, they fucking hated him after that. So yeah, all right. But yeah, <laughs> I, but I mean, he, as we said, uh, sum, summary on Naito, we kind of thought there'd be a little bit more from him, but uh, but I would say still short. He puts on entertaining moments, you know, and, 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 and it'll all come back around. Over. Yeah, exactly. It'll all come back around with Naito. His story is like the forever underdog. Mm. Yeah. So next up, Zack Sabre Jr. Absolutely fucking just amazing tournament from Zack Sabre Jr. this year. I really wanted him to win the block. Uh, he had some just absolute fucking bangers. His match with Hanari was really good. His match with uh, Tanahashi was great. His uh, shenanigans filled 30 seconds with evil was fucking top notch. I, I, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Yeah. Zack Sabre Jr. can do no wrong in my eyes. Yeah, exactly. And he still like leaves the tournament looking strong as hell, dangerous as hell. We're going to see him, uh, you know, he'll probably, does he have a title shot in England? Like they haven't uh, announced one yet. Yeah. Actually, it looks like the next story they have might be him and Tom Lawler. Okay, that's interesting. Which I'm fucking into. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, yeah. I, I and it all starts over uh, because Tom Lawler, uh, you know, Zack Saber Jr. is a he's a devotee of George Michael, whereas Tom Lawler, <laughs> Tom Lawler loves Boy George, and that's oh. that's where it's starting. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know where either of them. I don't know where either of them stand on Prince, but that's yeah, what I really uh, want to okay. know. We need so. to get to the bottom of this entire situation. <laughs> I was surprised at how strong he was going through this. Again, I like as someone who's not a like I'm not a constant watcher of New Japan. I know who most of these people are now. Uh, I know again. I think this is what lost me the G1 is that I uh, I know too much now. Um, yeah, but I was surprised. I thought I thought uh, techers were still kind of a thing until I halfway through and I realized they'd kind of disbanded. But uh, yeah, ZSJ, like it seems like he's getting a bit of a push. I I think that there's well, I mean, kind of a push. He's he won the New Japan Cup this year, uh, which was a fantastic <laughs> tournament for push. him. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he got he got a, a world title shot, which was really really good. Uh, yes, banger after banger after banger. After banger that. It's very good, yeah. man. It's so good. So, him and Okada, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was really, I, um, really good. He had a match with uh, Naito in, in the in the New Japan Cup, which was great. And now Naito's gotten his win back. So, mm. I think that that's what they're going to do for the uh, for the UK show is have uh, Zack Saber Junior. and Tetsuya Naito as the headline one of the nights, which would be yeah. great. I'll pay money for that. Settle, settle the feud. I mean, until next time. Yeah. Is do you see ZSJ living kind of in the main event scene going forward? God, I hope so. I fucking hope yeah. so, man. There are so few wrestlers in the world that I love watching as much as I love watching Zack Saber Jr. No, so I haven't seen a lot, like a massive amount of him, but I do. Uh, he, the, my introduction to him was literally the the first G one. Uh, from two years back where he was on the pick ends as noodle man. And I was like, who the fuck is noodle man? <laughs> it was, uh, it was noodle man and my girlfriend were <laughs> like, were on there. And I was like, who are these people? Please explain. Uh, this doesn't seem like someone I should be getting behind in my pick ems. Um, oh. 
But uh, yeah, like I think my, like I've seen obviously I've, I saw a couple of matches of him back then, um, but I haven't seen much of him. And then I saw him against Cesaro at Forbidden Door, and um, yeah, that was that was, was a good match. But it should it's not what should have been there. You know, we no. all know what should have been there. Yeah, it's <sighs> a shame a shame that they had to debut Cesaro against him, which kind of means he had to take the loss, which is a bummer. But yeah, Forbidden Door is not canon. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next up, uh, Evil. Evil's tournament. He won. He had three wins. <laughs> not interested in this, Travis. No, uh, I, I don't see a lot. I, of people uh, I, I really, I really was kind of uh, wondering if we'd see a little bit more from Evil. You know, uh, in this, as far as like starting to. To move into a bit more working, you know, kind of uh, bigger matches and, and stuff like that. But it really just turned into the like the same show, which is fine. Sometimes those matches are are entertaining, but yeah, he's he's just gonna stay where he is, it seems. Yeah, man. Like evil versus Goto for me was like the absolute fucking dog shit rock bottom. <laughs> I, 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 I took a fucking I took a fucking phone call in the middle of a live fucking New Japan show just because like my friends like hey man what are you doing I'm like fucking nothing important buddy what do you want to talk about I love that on your episode G one and where you're like and when this match started I then took a phone call and came back and I guess that happened so who cares so yeah whatever <laughs> I feel a bit about that yeah. this the, tournament um, so yeah I listened to your first like your predictions episode. Uh, as kind of a bit of a primer on what to expect and like to kind of go, all right, where, where is new Japan sitting at the moment? And when you said, I think they might be kind of ready to run back, um, the evil Naito, um, kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe I don't want to watch a lot of this G1 <laughs> if that's the state of New Japan <laughs> at the moment. Because <laughs> like that was uh, that was kind of where I started watching. Uh, 2020 is a like, notoriously good year for fucking New Japan, as we all know. <laughs> Well, I I, th- I can't remember if it was um like because I, I I started watching wrestling again in what was it Rafe early 2020 I think yeah mm-hmm. and I feel like you were like oh go watch these matches Kenny and Okada and I was like yeah they were pretty fucking sick started watching AW mm-hmm. and then I I think it was around that time where what was it was it Dominion where Evil won the belts yeah yes it was yeah. and uh, I was like. Is this what New Japan always is? Because this fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I don't think that's true though. I think at the time, and I think you and I even recorded an episode of my podcast about it, Travis. I think we were interested in where it was going to go because at the time, Evil wasn't what he is now. And what what I would say about Evil is that I think he could have a really big upside. Like when you look at his look and the way he comes out and the music and all of that, I think Evil could be really cool. What makes him? He's got some of the best music in the fucking in the in the entire. Yeah, and he's like company. a fucking intimidating looking dude. He looks cool as fuck. Like what what it is, and he can go. I've seen him do so when he was a member of Lij and stuff like that. But at the moment, for whatever reason, he's in that house of torture, holding pattern with the, the shenanigans and stuff like that. And like I said, I don't always hate that, but I think they could, you know, he could be more than he is. But they just want him to be what he is. Is, is what it is. So, and when that happened, when he made that turn and stuff, that was a big deal. And at the time, we didn't, yeah. House of Torture didn't exist. And so we were like, where's this going? I remember blowing your mind. I was like, I can't believe that just fucking happened. 
Like I can't believe oh, like that he yeah. has those belts. You know what I mean? Like it was wild. Watching watching the fucking watching the match. Yeah. When the ref's hand hit three, I went, was this a non-title match? Yeah, yeah. Like what the and, fuck just and happened? And then like he started holding up the fucking belts. I was like, what, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, exactly. And then everybody's mind was blown and then they started getting into all that stuff and everybody got real annoyed. But I would say yeah. that I think Evil could have an upside, but he's definitely not showing it at the moment. I'll stick up for it the decision to put the belts on evil i'll stick up for it every time yeah yeah 2020 mm-hmm. they've got all the fucking you know covid restrictions they're only allowing like yeah. 16 people into the fucking building to, to watch the matches anyway mm-hmm. so they don't need to worry about actually filling those stadiums yeah. you're playing with house money why not try to launch a new star yeah why the, fucking not yeah. and they need to i make people talk so everybody's shocked people on the internet are talking about it heaps and then there's also that thing where him doing that began the like he sort of broke the legacy of those belts you know what i mean and that needed to happen we were just talking about how like it was like locked down by its own legacy and it felt unwinnable he he shattered that and then now sort of anybody can hold it so that's sort of important that that happened in a sense because now uh the the titles are obtainable and the stakes again uh, and so I think that's important yeah. too. But I and think the follow-up through... is going to be world heavyweight champion. Exactly. Uh, so fucking evil walk so Tama Tonga could fly. Remember that, people. It's true. Uh, but I, I think that what they then did was because they, again, they had no people uh, allowed at shows and stuff. They were just in a holding pattern. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing. So they just... And they got lazy with that house of torture shtick. And... People cheating to win is fine. That's pro wrestling. I don't mind. It's when it's done the exact same way every time that people get bored. You know, it's like, okay, yep. great. It's it's the choke and it's a nut shot and it was exactly the same the time before that and the time before that. And it's not exciting. If they're creative and they're fuckhousery, then I'm all for it. Like, I don't care. Same shit that uh, people turned on Adam Cole and AW for. Nut shot. Yes. Uh, Red Dragon interference win. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah... D- Give me, give me creativity. That's all I need. Anyway, we've probably talked about evil way too much. Who's next? Probably. <laughs> uh, next the, up was... Uh, evil shorts or pants? Pants. pants. <laughs> Speaking of pants, uh, no, uh, Hiroki Goto. Uh-huh. He, he was in the G1. He was in the G1. Look, I've said it before and I said it again. I always fucking forget Goto exists. And uh, I it, I did say on my G-Wondering episode like that that I saw a glimpse of who he could be. But I tell you what, man, next year Goto can go to the shops, buy some cigarettes and leave his promise-needing kid at home because I'm done with him screwing up my blocks every single time. Like, let's get some consistency out of this guy. I... I after that match with Tanahashi, I would not even hate it if they just like backed him in and went, you know what? He's the underdog. He wins the block. He goes on. He's fighting for his son. That's all sick. Just actually do it though. Like rather than just like sort of teasing it and then he just does nothing. He just carries around a stick and hangs out with Yoshihashi for the next year is like what will actually happen, which is a shame because I, th- I think he could be really good. There was glimpses of absolute stardom like in that match. Is it a case yeah. of him not proving that he's he's the guy or New Japan just not putting the f- faith in him to begin with? I just think there's better better choices 
better candidates. You know, like if you're looking at everybody that that's around and things like that, like are you going to prioritize Goto over Okada, over Tanahashi, nope. over Osprey, nope. over nope. Jay White, over nope. Juice, over ELP, nope. over Shingo? Nope. Over, like nope. it, it just goes on forever. And it's not that he's bad; it's just well, it's stacked roster. They, yeah. yeah, exactly. They've just all got way. Maybe if they still had that intercontinental belt around. Yeah, like over Zach, yeah, over a, Taichi. He was a multiple-time <laughs> intercontinental champion. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. they they should still have that belt around. Mm-hmm. Exactly, but but yeah, everyone's saying, oh, they needed to get rid of the, they needed to get rid of some belts and like, did they? Pe- yeah. People's aversions to fucking, you see with AW as well. People's aversions to championships, like, does my head in. Like, it. yeah, oh, it devalues if there's too many belts around. Everyone's a champion, and I'm like, it's pretty fucking easy to distinguish what's what. Like, yeah, yeah and it I'm gives it that. gives more stakes flying around. Like, I I don't I don't mind it. Like, it, I think it adds again, to sporting presentation. Yeah. Right? Like 100%. But again, it, that comes down to booking too. If you're lazy with the booking of certain titles, for instance, like uh, the Never Trios title was for a time where it was just in a cupboard for like a year and nobody talked about it and then they just dust them off and then it's supposed to be a big deal, then that, that's no good. But if you're actively using those belts to help keep people relevant and keep people on your roster doing things, then it's a good thing. You know, that just comes down yeah. to the company. Mm-hmm. Especially for a company like New Japan that doesn't have storylines per se, having those titles is the way of keeping people fresh in each other's minds, keeping people, you know, on TV, on, you know, having people pay to see this person because they're going to be defending that intercontinental belt. Yes. You know, like. And I also think that when the person holding whichever belt treats it like it's the number one title, that goes a long way too. I remember, um, I've been talking about Ring of Honor a lot today. I don't know why. I guess because when I first got into New Japan, it was through Ring of Honor. But uh, at the time when I got into it, um, Jay Lethal was Jay Lethal was the TV champion and Jay Briscoe was the world champion. And they had a few going going back and forward. And one of my favorite promos um, that Jay Lethal cut was he's like, no, you don't understand it. The TV championship is the best championship because I hold it because I am the one who is yeah. the champion. He goes, and then when I hold that, that will be the best belt because it's not about that. It's about who is the best and I am the best. And so if yeah. your champions hold that, like, no, you don't understand. This is the the definition of my excellence and everybody needs to rise to my level to hold this belt. Then you can make it seem like the most important belt in the company. I feel like Ricky Starks yeah. was starting to do that. Like with the FTR belt, like on, um, Oh, sorry, the FTW belt on um, AW. Yeah, yeah, AW. The yeah. Man, There's too many, no, too many letters. letters, letters. letters. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's no, for sure. Promo. Great. Uh, so let's talk about my favorite, Kenta. What did you guys think of Kenta's uh, G1 this year? Another one where... His book tour? Yeah, his book tour. A, a it was a book tour. And B, um, probably, again, one of my... Favorite matches from Kenta, his his match with Tanahashi. Just, Tanahashi was fucking lining up bangers this year. Fucking hell. Did he uh, was. Yeah, but that was those slaps and stuff, like it was a real a real fucking war. And and yeah, by the by the time it was done, I, I was a believer in Kenta where I haven't historically been so. Yeah. 
he's I mean he's a far far sight from the Kenta of old. This is not 2011 Kenta, and uh, that sads me because you know I I love that Kenta, but I I still hold a lot of respect for who he who he was and who he is. I love that guy. Yeah. Kenta's my fucking favorite. So uh, anytime I can watch Kenta kick someone's head off, I'm fucking happy, kid. That line made me laugh. That sads me. <laughs> oh, it sads me so bad. <laughs> uh, um, that's that's the kind of okay. Yeah, I, maybe you'd be the one to. Um, maybe you're the better one to know what I mean when I say this because I don't know how much of the old Kenta Rafe has watched, but like, so I I used to watch WCW like back when I was a kid, and then I some I can't remember exactly when, but sometime around two thousand three four stopped watching wrestling um because it just didn't give a shit or moved on whatever um discovered, came discovered back women <laughs> yeah i don't know it was just uh, i think it was at that point in high school where you started getting too much shit for liking wrestling so i was like i don't care and uh, it seemed to be downward trending anyway at the time um coming back and just kind of seeing what's out and being like all right what's what has changed in the world of wrestling since i've been gone went back and watched the Kenny and Okada matches, went back and got, and kind of went, you know, I like this, the stiffer style of this kind of thing. Let's kind of move more in that direction. So I've gone back and watched a bunch of the old Kenta matches just as part of that kind of what's happened tour of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like I went back and watched, I can't remember exactly what I've been watching of Kenta. I think there was a match with him and um, was it Masawa or Kibashi? In- uh, both. He's wrestled both both um it was a green ring i can't remember who that's noah exactly. yeah yep. yeah noah so i went back and watched that fucking glorious um i've watched him and uh seth when he was tyler and mm-hmm. tyler uh, Black, he just yeah. about need his fucking face in on the gts there's so much cool shit where i was like man this guy is a fucking beast there was a um, time in ring of honor where kenta and austin aries and brian danielson were like just trading back and forth victories over who was going to be the fucking ace of, of ring of honor. And that was a fucking glorious time of pro wrestling for me. Uh-huh. It was yeah. so good. And um, so like, I, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I that, like, I very much enjoyed that shit. And then like, I haven't watched a lot. So I'm guessing you, this feeling would be amplified even more for you, but going back and watching him now, like he's cool, but it's just, it's kind of what I see when I watch Kenny now where I'm like, he's good, but, it's kind of a shame that he's not on the same level anymore, which I kind of understand. It'd be hard to wrestle that style still at this point in his yeah. career where I'm guessing he's, he's got to be hurting, same as Kenny. But it's just, he's, you're like, oh, it's, like I just kind of remember certain flashes of the old matches and it's like, oh, kind of bums me out. I still try and enjoy his matches, but... Yeah, like I... shade of what a shame of time and it's toll on us. He's definitely changed his style. Obviously, he can't be the same guy he was 15 years ago. Mm. But um, when you when you change your style so dramatically, and he could still he can still strike with the best in the business. He can still tell stories with the best in the business. Like you said, his match with uh, Tanahashi was fucking top notch. But yeah, he's he's got a lot of issues right now. Like, yeah, he's he's got you see a big giant fuck off scar on his on his all the way across his back. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. wearing a com- compression sleeve basically on the entire right side of his body yeah. or left side mm-hmm. of his body. Yeah. Like, 
he's held together with fucking like chicken wire duct tape and prayer. Yeah. You know? And, um, it, we talk about how like, uh, it might be Ishii's last G1, which is going to be a sad thing, but like, I mean, Kenta might be cycling down for, you know, G1s and stuff as well. He might not though, because yeah, it's a grueling tournament, but I don't think that Kent is putting on the same amount of miles on his body as someone like Okada is every night. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's making the best of the tools he's got. And then yep, when sure. the moment calls for it, he's really then showing out, you know, like I don't think you'd look at all the matches he had in this G1 and say he was like balls to the wall the entire time. But then when yeah. in those moments when he was, he saved it to the end with Tanahashi and like really showed what he could do. So I, I think yeah. he, there's going to be some smart kind of choices from him, but he's proved to be pretty yeah. savvy and pretty charismatic. So I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, where he goes from. Yeah, I don't mean it as a slight on him at all. Oh, no, like, not at all. Like he'd, he'd be mad if he still tried to be the old Kenter and just literally murdered himself in the ring. Yeah. And uh, his personality in those book tour fucking promotional uh, after show comments were always very funny. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, uh, he's yeah, he's just, just uh, the fucking coolest, man. Kenta's the coolest yeah. motherfucker. Rafe, how do you feel about Hiroshi Tanahashi's G1 this year? I feel like my girlfriend was fucking robbed is what I feel like. I feel like <laughs> there was absolutely no reason why Tanahashi shouldn't have won that fucking block. I feel like he just stole the show any time and any match he was. I feel like he gave every one of his opponents their best match of the tournament, and I feel like he should have fucking been in the semifinals. That's how I feel about the block. Motherfuckers. Yeah. And then I feel like he should have won his semifinal, and I feel like he should have gone on to the finals where he should have also won, and then I feel like he should be at Wrestle Kingdom. That's what I feel like. Where he also wins. Where he also then wins and is the champion of New Japan again. That's what I think should happen. And I feel very fucking passionately about it, as you can tell by the level of intensity I'm giving you in my eyes right now. It's almost a little bit I can feel it. I can feel the the love energy. Yeah, love and energy. Like fucking world hug. But tell me he didn't give every single person their best match in his block. Because then I'll tell you you're a fucking liar. Right to your face. Absolutely fucking did. Yeah. Killed it, man. All right. Look look at him. Just line him up. Like, Like Hanare... Naito. Kenta, Naito, Zach, like you know, like it just was fucking yeah. Goto, he made you believe in Goto. He made me believe in Goto. That's how talented a pro wrestler he is. So yeah, <laughs> I I I love Tanahashi's output. And everyone's like, can he pull himself together for another G one? Of course he can. Of course he can pull himself together He's for a another fucking G1. weapon. He's a fucking weapon. Well, the best to ever do it. Is anyone doubting Jackie Chan when he makes another fucking movie? No. Is Jackie Chan still making movies? Probably. <laughs> All right, sure. <laughs> why would you doubt why would you doubt Tanahashi when he wants to fucking run to the G1 and win the fucking world title? I reckon Don't. before it's all said and done, we'll see Tanahashi win another G1 before it's all said and done. One more? One more G1? I reckon he's Tanahashi? got one more in him. I, I reckon he's at least got one more title run and I think he could potentially oh, have another G1 in him as well. I, be, I I will go in all in with you and say that he's got another title run on him. 100%. Do you think that he wins the G1 and then wins the belt? Or do you think he wins the belt at some point, then he wins the G1 after that and comes up short and that's his that's in him done? Yeah, I don't know if they need to necessarily be related. 
you know what I mean. Um, the the timeframes may not exactly run into each other, but I feel like he could definitely achieve both. His retirement <laughs> angle is that he wins the G one, but he's not quite not quite uh, can, can at the top of it. his game enough to win the belt. Yeah. Let's talk about someone who made their debut in this G1, Aaron Hanare. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Hanare's uh, tournament? Believe it or not, I didn't watch a single Hanare match this entire G1. <laughs> not the perfect time to put you on the spot then. The, the worst friend. Yeah. What did I tell you? You used to be the worst friend. Um, well, no, no, then I, I think I caught a little bit of... Sorry? Uh, I was going to say, well, then I'm just going to cut you off and pretend I didn't answer that question, edit you out, and say Not that, that <laughs> and, and say that I think he made the absolute most of his tournament. I think he, even in defeat, showed that he could be a player in New Japan. I think he demonstrated that he's one of their most devastating strikers. I think he showed that he probably won't be like the pin eater for United Empire going forward and... And I hope to see some some really good things for him in the future. How about you, Curtis? Man, I'm excited to see what the future can bring mm-hmm. for Aaron Hanari. I, I think he did great. Mm-hmm. I think he had great matches. It, six, six matches, one win, five losses, six great matches. Mm-hmm. In a block where he could have had, he could have had some stinkers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He went out there and he fucking showed. Yeah. So Definitely. good for Hanari. Definitely. And, and because he was in that like superstar blog, he got to have some classic matches and probably signature matches for his career. You know what I mean? Like yep. I couldn't tell you any like highlight Hanare matches before G1. Now I can be like, check out Hanare with Tanahashi. Check out Hanare with Zach. Check out Hanare with Naito. You know, he managed to tick off those bucket list opponents and, and put in a really good showing for himself. Yeah. yeah. He is definitely one that I want to go back and watch. Like, I've got a bunch of, like, I had my tier one uh, G1 matches that I wanted to catch just because I thought they'd be killer. Mm-hmm. I now want to go back and watch kind of the tier twos where I've heard you guys say this was good, this was good, this was good, and go and have a proper watch of it. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, considering I do nothing with my life ever, <laughs> this, like, last <laughs> month has been fucking ridiculous with work. And then I've also somehow had plans, like, all the time as well. Like, yeah. I do fucking nothing ever. And then, yeah, this one month where I'm like, ah, I can watch everything all the time. Yeah. I've watched fucking like half of the G1. (laughs) Let's talk about some of the, uh, some of the more exciting stuff for the G1. That's the D block. We're going to run through this D block Mm. real fast. Yeah. Let's, let's hit it. Let's, let's pick it up because we're at a two hours and 10 minutes. So let's lightning round D block here. How do we feel about Will Ospreay? Really good. Shorts. Yeah, shorts, killer tournament, uh, everything that you'd expect from Will Ospreay and what is surprisingly uh, turned towards the light, I think. I, I, I think here Will Ospreay is on the way out and I think we're getting back to where he originally was before the United Empire started. The, that's what the fans want. You can tell really badly the Japanese fans want him to win, uh, want him to achieve that victory over Okada. He's going to have that baby face victory soon, very, very soon. Yeah. And people are going to fucking as he believes explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. El Fantasmo's first G1. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about Shorts. it? Shorts. Shorts. Yeah. Absolutely killed it. Hilarious backstage promos. Not heaps of wins, but he bookended his tournament with great wins. 
I think uh, I think a great showing, and I, I think a lot of people would agree they can't wait to see what's next for El Fantasma. Damn right. He did get a little bit like he he does seem to have his kind of predetermined spots. Is that a thing with him or? That's a thing with not so every much. wrestler, isn't it? <laughs> More, he he didn't seem like a no. Definitely, he didn't seem like he kind of uh, it was it flowed as naturally as some of the other people here. I think that's him transitioning, not just from junior to heavyweight, but also transitioning as a heel to a face, figuring yeah. out what works for where he's going in his career. Uh, and I think some of that awkwardness is manufactured to show that journey. Yeah, I, I did very much enjoy him. He's a, he's a funny dude. He's great. Uh, next up, my homeboy Shingo Takagi. How do we ever feel about uh, Shingo's G1? Shorts. Like, Shingo's just totally always short. consistently one of the best wrestlers in any time that he's on the TV. You know, like, he just yeah. always turns it out. Mm. So he gives you exactly what you expect, and you're not disappointed, and you're like, I'll have more of that, please. Thank you, Shingo. I'm surprised he didn't win his yeah. block, to be honest. I, I thought Shingo's match with Yo, uh, with Yoshihashi was like strong style. Like if someone said what is strong style, I would just show them that match. It was it was hundred percent what what strong style wrestling is to me. So I did that watch that one fun. and it was glorious. Yeah, it was so really good. good. All right, boys, here we go. I'm gonna clear a few seconds here. Okay. The Tokyo Pimp Yujiro Takahashi, huge huge. How do we feel about the G1? Of for a man well, wearing cargo shorts is the most pants person I've ever seen in my fucking life. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's trying or whatever, but like no, that, there's harsh, just but, nothing yeah. special happening there. I don't need him in the tournament next year, please. Um you know, I don't I don't hate huge, but I just hate having to see that many like long matches from him, I guess. Like I kind of just like him as an ancillary character. So I feel like uh Already, the amount of time it's taken for me to say this very sentence is more than I wanted to see from him. Fair enough. <laughs> I think if they're going to bring in someone who's broken down and and can't can't go for the fifteen minutes that they that they need him to go for every night, you know, you you've got someone like fucking Yuji Nagata, like bring in Honma right there. Get Honma in the fucking tournament. That would be Get sick. Fucking. Where's Suzuki? Get Suzuki in here. I was like, gonna say, yeah, I was Suzuki in the D block would have been fucking Suzuki, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's other people you could put in there um, that would deliver more character and more yep. more stakes. Yeah, absolutely. Yoshihashi, how do we feel about Taco's entire tournament? Shorts, Shorts but I can 100 percent see Rafe's point about him being the most nervous little fucker ever. He is definitely nervous. He's. I, I want to give him a hug. I want to wrap him up in a warm blanket. Give yeah, him some tea. Exactly. Give him some milk. He needs some milk. Uh, like Bell to Bell. <laughs> Graham crackers. Yeah, Bell to Bell. He was the really like one of the MVPs of the tournament in how yes. hard he worked and everything like that. He just really needs to find a way to not be so screwed because he definitely looks very awkward. And I, if you listen to my G wanderings, whenever I talked about him. I laid out a few small things he could do to just completely change the vibe of who he is. But maybe he's just a weird little dude. And that's just who he is. Mm. These last two, these are going to be some fucking talking points we're going to have. How do you feel about Debbie Chan, David Finley? How do you feel about his G1? Dude, 
dark horse of the tournament, right? Like nobody really knew what to expect from Finlay. And he came out and showed out. And and he's put himself in a position now like it, like he's become more aggressive and more heelish as the tournament has played out, even to the point with his confrontation with Will at like the end, it was like, wow, Finlay's coming out of this the heel and and Osprey will be the face by the time that match is said and done. Seems like it. Mm, Seems yeah. like it. Did you like any of uh, any of Davies' matches, Travis? Yes, I actually did see quite a few of his. Um, yeah, he was great. I uh, I mean, he had that. I was just having a look through the rankings now. He took the early L to the pimp, surprisingly enough, and then just kind of rifled off like three in a row, didn't he? Fuck this and get angry. And yeah. uh, it was good seeing a baby face who. Again, I, I thought he was still more face than heel most of this run. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in his interaction with Osprey, I kind of took it to be a little bit more of grow up and kind yeah. of... I did, I did like it. Boy. It was very professional. He goes, no, no, um, fuck that shit. Like, he's like, talk to me right now yeah. because this is real. Like, I, I did like it. Yeah. I like seeing like the baby face who's not just like a baby face with some fire and with some grit yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought he was killer. Him, he beat the fuck out of the US belt with that shillelagh. Oh, he <laughs> cracked uh, it, didn't he? got it up. I, like, I went back and watched that again for it. Like, I was like, oh, shit. And Because I, I was like, how did he not break the belt? Because he clobbered that thing. Yeah. Um, but it was killer. I do think his yeah. finisher is a bit, eh. Yeah. Is that a, a trash panda? Like, it's like a it's co- brain yeah. buster, neck breaker sort of thing. The Ushigoroshi, I think yeah. uh, Adam Cole calls it. It's always, it always trips me out seeing stuff like that where um, it doesn't look like the most high impact thing ever, and then other wrestlers using it as a signature kind of devalues it a little bit for me. But I don't know. I always kind of think that like in the in the kayfabe world, you're supposed to just believe that this guy hits it so well. Yes, that's that what no I mean. one can it's, do it like him. Like, no one does the DDT like Jake the Snake. Um, exactly. Yeah. You're the master of that move, but it just doesn't look like the kind of thing that's high impact enough, I guess. I did like him pulling Juice up and going, nah, I'm not beating him like that. Boom. Yeah. That was one of the yeah. first times in the yeah, tournament that you really heard that crowd, like, vocally, like, oh, like, mm. losing it. Yeah. That match, that match was so good. That's in my top, yeah. probably yeah. in my top five yeah. uh, for the for the entire tournament. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's the, let's talk about that. Let's they talk sold about that height. Yeah. yeah, they really did. Let's talk about juice. Okay, mm. I asked you two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, Rafe, is the Juice Robinson experiment a failure? And you said no. Yeah, and I still, still feel, feel exa- the same way. Still feel exactly the same way because even even if he just took like he he just got jobbed out on the fucking G one. He final was in night. he was in the seven way fucking block. You know what I mean? Like he couldn't take all the wins for them to bring it down to be that close. Like people have to lose. So, but I don't think he looked like a loser. And when you you look at like stuff he was doing between that, like him and the boys mobbing uh, Osprey in the United Empire and taking the title back and things like that, like he was in the mix and they were doing stuff character wise with him that made him interesting. It's not like he was just rocking up losing and they weren't uh, doing anything. And he was even a factor up until that last night when he had like he had that banging match with uh, Osprey, and then you know he didn't win. But I, I don't think uh, I don't think he's a failure at all, and I think we're going to see more stuff from Juice for real. He I, he I did right. fall to Osprey, who only really lost the G one because 
of his own insecurities against the one man that could have kind of taken advantage of those insecurities, it seems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, he did, seems like he's not in the worst spot, but uh, yeah. I did definitely think he was going to be booked a little stronger than I he I did is. too. I did too. Yeah. But, uh, like, and I think he would have been had he not been in that block that was all about, like, seven-way ties. Nobody expected the fucking pimp to pick up, you know, all these wins and all, and all this bullshit. So I, I think I think he, he did well, and I liked, like, a lot of his matches, you know? Like, think of it, think about the block. Think about the match with Finlay, the match with ELP, the match with Osprey. Like, there's really good output from Juice, I think. I think you're, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's, what's well, your opinion, Curtis? Yeah, what is your opinion, <clears throat> Curtis? I hold no opinion on anything, which is why I'm a podcaster. <laughs> He's a professional <laughs> broadcaster and media personality. I That's me. That's me. You know what Too my tight. opinion is? My opinion is that I loved this G1. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that I got to watch it. Mm-hmm. I'm also really glad that this show is sponsored by NordVPN. <gasps> Boom. Yep. Got Can him. I tell you all about NordVPN, Travis? Would you like to hear more about it? I've never heard about NordVPN. I've, I've never felt safe on the internet. You've oh, never felt safe on the internet. I always feel like people out there ready to take advantage of me and find my location and come and get me. Yeah. Um, well, you can that's... describe me as Yoshihashi. Every time I venture out onto the internet, I'm scared and nervous. <laughs> and shifty eyes. Shifty He's light. wearing an around. aluminium tinfoil hat now as he speaks to yeah. us. He's do you, scared. Do you have something... That would help me in this scenario. Well, if you wanted to focus on safety on the internet, I definitely have something that can help you out. NordVPN, what they do is hide your IP address. So all those private things that you Google, you know, even if you go into a private browser, those those private Googling sessions that you do, I don't care what you're Googling, but those private Googling sessions that you're doing can still be tracked to your IP address. Those, your your internet service provider can still see those those private Googles. That doesn't sound very good, can, does it? They can see me Googling can Things? a man fight a pug and win? <laughs> the answer is no. A man cannot fight a pug and win. But they they can see all those things and, and or or when you when you buy things online, you know, all that all that uh, information that you keep online for ease of access, just your you know your Apple Pay or whatever. All that stuff, it'd be a lot safer through NordVPN because they can disguise your internet service provider number, your ISP, and make it run through different com- different countries. I can I always continuously run my VPN on my phone, my wife's phone, both of our Amazon Fire Sticks, and my laptop. And now, what if I told you that that's not all it would do, keep you safe online? That's not enough. It doesn't just keep you safe online. No. What but when do? you when you run it through another country, mm-hmm. you ever been surfing Netflix and been like, man, fuck Australian Netflix. Always. You know? Trash. Yeah. What if you got access to American Netflix? <laughs> Boom. You throw up American, Net- you throw up your American ISP on NordVPN and instant access to American Netflix. It's fantastic. All sorts Holy of Holy shit. Yeah. This, this service, NordVPN, is offering you, you, my friend Travis, my my worst friend Travis, <laughs> an exclusive deal by going to nordvpn.com slash what, Rafe? 
Shorts. And it's not just Travis, not just the worst friend, but also all the friends of the Akata Shorts podcast. So if you are a listener, you can also use this same link. It isn't just exclusive to bad friends and worst friends. It's also exclusive to good friends and listeners. Better friends. Yeah, and better exclusive friends. Exclusive to all friends. Better friends for a better podcast. internet. Exactly. That's and right. you know what? You want to impress your friends and stuff. Maybe you run your VPN through somewhere exotic. I like to run mine through Odpari and seem like the most exotic person on the internet. I like to think of my internet provider having a look and being like, <laughs> I didn't realise we had a true romantic on our network, but here we are. There he is. There we are. Yeah, exactly. They and think I'm French. As a true romantic, you get a huge discount off of NordVPN and one additional month for free. It's what a completely deal. risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. 30-day money-back guarantee. It? Tailor your package to suit your entire needs. What more could you want? And what's the code again there, Curtis? NordVPN.com slash shorts. 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 Something this episode has not been. Long is what this episode they has never been. Are. But we want to never are. <laughs> they are never. But I think we can say in summary for, for this that we had a great time with the G1 this year. Uh, it's favorite time of year. I love New Japan Pro Wrestling. I love the G1 Climax, and I'm so happy that we did it. I want to thank you so much, Curtis, for putting in the effort to do G1 Dream with me again and bring it back. And I hope, um, yeah. you know, from the outside, I know no, you, Travis, you said that you were just listening to G1 Dream to keep up with the G1, and uh, that's what we mm. hope we were able to do for other people. It was good. I very much enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, thank you. I, thank I'm going to be 100% honest. I preferred Curtis's episodes to yours. Oh, well, fuck you. How about that? Direct How about that? Babes Hang up on Travis. Kick him yeah. out of the core. <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed it very much. I, Travis, uh, welcome to the I, team. I think Your Curtis in the mail, watches buddy. wrestling a little bit more like I watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. If well, you know what I, mean. I also really Maybe. enjoy Curtis's G Wanderings because Curtis will like break down the matches and tell you the story of the matches where he paints a word picture. He does paint a word picture and that's not something I've got time for. <laughs> I was like off the fucking cuff, like just like doing my best to remember it in a very hectic time of my life. So I think where I'm very stream of consciousness uh, Curtis is very detailed and digests the matches in a much better way, which is why we make a very good team when we do it together because uh, mm. I felt like I was lacking his insight a little bit when I was doing it. But I feel like I was I'm a witty, charming man and people would still enjoy my episodes anyway. So there you go. Rafe, Rafe is the face and Curtis is the feel. Mm. Oh, Story oh, I like it. It all comes I back like and I'm, to faces and feels. And I'm the heel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Threatening to punch dogs. Yeah. Well, I hope you've enjoyed your time on Okada's shorts, Travis. It will be the last time, but we had a good one. (laughs) I was counting on it. (laughs) Knocking it out together. And it was fun just to run run down and uh, remember some of the fun times of G1, which there was plenty. It was killer, man. Thanks for having me. (laughs) You are very welcome. Off the, off the rails in the let's final second. Yeah, let's, let's end this out. shit. I'm going to have to fucking edit Travis, it. Travis, Travis, <laughs> is there... My involvement in this podcast has been pants. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is there anywhere that people can find you on uh, social media? No. <laughs> I don't Fair exist. Enough. I'm a ghost. 
<laughs> exactly. He's he's even deeper than VPN. He's just basically like uh, like he's the, really the scared. Blackness. He's yeah, really exactly. scared online. Curtis, tell the people where to find you on social media. You find me at ldestructo83 on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on the Smart Foundation podcast that's coming out weekly talking about classic wrestling and having a couple yuck yucks. And uh, you can find me on the Throw and Dice podcast where I talk about all things tabletop wargaming and tabletop role playing related, uh, D&D, Warhammer, that sort of thing. Uh, where can they find you, Rafe? It's always at Faces Feels Cast on all social media. Uh, you can check out my interview series there. Uh, you can also check us both out and everything Okada Shorts at our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot double E slash Okada Shorts. And that will give you links to everything Okada Shorts and to our other shows. Check the show notes for the link. You can also support the amazing Countout Podcast Network and their new Patreon. Can yeah. I say the thing? Go on, say the thing. If you find the naive stupidity of us giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming and would like to give us gifts of money, we ask that you please join the, the Count Out Podcast. Uh, podcast, sorry, Count Out Podcast Network. Stop looking at me like that. The <laughs> Count Out Podcast Network Patreon, uh, where for three, five, or ten dollars U.S. dollars a month, you can get access to our wrestling, extra wrestling content, and uh, non wrestling content from the Count Out Podcasters. Uh, here, the lovely Count Out Podcast Network, including shows like Your Dose of Death, Independent Waters, Ring Post Radio, How to Talk to Your Friends About Pro Wrestling, and more. Not everyone has the money it takes to give us money. Exactly. So if you don't have the money it takes to give us money, you can help us out in freeways. How can they help us out in freeways, Rafe? Rate and subscribe. Listen or die. Keep it right. Keep it tight. And most importantly, keep it what, boys? Short. Short. Hi guys, this is Lauren. This is Michael. And this is your Dose of Death podcast. If you're genuinely curious about the world of deathmatch wrestling, look no further as me and Mike have you covered on all things in the world of deathmatch wrestling, whether it's interviews, show reviews, or everything in between. We have you covered on all things deathmatch wrestling, whether it's past, present, or future. And you're probably wondering where you can go support us. You can find Your Dose of Death podcast on all major podcast platforms, especially along with the Count Out Network of Podcasts. And also, you can support us on the Count Out Patreon as we have exclusive content only on the Patreon for all of our listeners. We hope that you go listen to Your Dose of Death podcast very soon. And see you at the show. This has been a Count Out Podcast.